Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. This is Chris. Thank you for listening. Uh, big news here at the show. Well, big to me. We have some international downloads, and it really made me extremely happy. So if you are whoever downloaded us in Korea or Canada, thank you. And thank you to everyone who downloads this episode, no matter where you live. We have people uh, across the, every episode pulls in some downloads in different states. Uh, consistently, California, Texas, Virginia, Colorado, and then, like, you know, the New England states where we know the most people. But thank you, everyone and anyone who downloads. Uh, we'd love to hear from you at letschatpod at gmail.com. This is, well, I don't have favorite episodes, but this might be one of my favorite episodes. It's hard for me to really look at these episodes the same as someone else because I live the experience. So for me, so much of this episode is the experience. I recorded the day before with uh, Dan and Ryan, who I spent the weekend with. If you can go back, listen to that episode. They get referred to a lot in this because we just spent a lot of time together. So I drove from Dan's apartment up to Andrew's apartment in New York City, and just driving to New York City was—it's fun. It's—it's—it's a it could be a little stressful. There's some tolls, but man, it was—it was just cool. I don't do that a whole ton. I don't drive through New York City a whole lot, so that was really fun. Uh, Andrew was as nice as he is funny. Just when he's very funny, so he's very nice, obviously. Ha ha ha! Now so funny. Uh, he had called me on the way to his apartment and offered. Asked me if I wanted a uh, iced coffee. Who says no to an iced coffee? Andrew, I just realized I forgot to offer to pay you back. Uh, so thank you again for that iced coffee. It was delicious and it really hit the spot. Uh, we hit it. We haven't seen each other in years, so we talk about it. We used to work together at Starbucks in Connecticut, which we find out. I find out it was a total of three months, and I guess we both made an impression on each other. We stayed friends on the internet, and then when the podcast started going we started kind of reconnecting andrew also has an amazing podcast uh turn this off and go download cultural icons subscribe it's amazing it's the colbert report of podcasting they it's really more of a radio play what they do is they interview cultural icons as these characters who work for nbr which is similar to npr and it's really funny and you can we we talk a lot about the art of car- podcasting and the process, and him and his co-host Natalia, they work hard. Like I think what we do is like kind of hard, but not really. We're sitting down and joking around with people we know, so it's and but they have to write questions and improvise, and that's why Andrew's a comedy writer and an improviser, and he's so talented. I would say download Cultural Icons episodes starting with Ben and Jerry's, uh, the Ben and Jerry's episode. I don't know who those that comedy duo is off the top of my head. They are so funny, and they have such a great rapport. And Andrew and Natalia, as their characters, are also so funny. Nothing would make me happier if I got a message from Andrew saying that uh, he got an increased number of downloads from uh, the New England region because of this episode, so please, please, please go download Cultural Icons. Check out andrewcostacomedy.com. Check out his work on Funny or Die that we post to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash chat. Funny story that, well, it's not funny at all. When we got to Andrew's, when I got to Andrew's apartment, um, after we had our coffee, we he went to all this great length to move a very large, comfortable chair into his room for where we could interview. And, uh, 
it was just really nice, and it was big and awkward chair. Man, was it com- comfortable. Um, this this episode just goes unedited. We sit down and we talk for over two hours. We just sit down and we just start talking to the point where I kind of got myself in a little bit of trouble because I was supposed to be at a dinner uh, around uh, 6. I think I was supposed to be somewhere in New Jersey at 6, and then I got up and I saw it was 6. So sorry, wife and in-laws, but they they forgave me. But yeah, Andrew and I sat down and we just talked. I don't know why, but I bring up the Gilmore Girls more than once, and that's not healthy. Uh, we talk about teenage jobs. We talk a lot about comedy. Uh, there's a portion dedicated to Pete, the adventures of Pete and Pete, and Andrew shares a great story. He discusses his move to New York City, old teenage jobs, working together. Uh, I thank you to Ryan McKenna. Uh, we bring up his name and I couldn't edit around it. So I had contacted him and sent him the clip to make sure that, um, it's okay. We use his name and he was so sweet and said we could. So thanks Ryan. And he wanted me to add in that the exercises he used to do when we all worked together were called dips. Uh, yeah, check out cultural icons, check out Andrew Costa comedy.com. You can find all that on our Facebook do us a favor and shoot us an email and let us know what you think at letschatpod at gmail.com. Contact us on Facebook. Recommend some guests to us. Um, the next episode coming up should be the return of Topher Davis, so that's fun. And we got we got some more in the pipeline. This episode was just uh, a blast to record. We are going to do it again. And it was so fun for me to listen to. I've listened to it twice now, editing it, and it was just... It's what I, I kind of go into each episode wanting something, and sometimes I get it, and sometimes I don't, and usually it's on me, but this episode, I really just wanted to sit down and just talk with somebody I haven't seen in a long time and talk about things we love, such as comedy, which we talk about comedy a lot. Two hours. Over two hours, just straight talk. It's incredible. Andrew, again, thank you for coming on. We'd love to have you back. Everyone check out Cultural Icons, and here's our episode with Andrew Costa. This is the whole show. What do you mean? This is the this whole is show. All we do. Okay. We just, <laughs> just talk. We don't really start, and, and then okay. you find out when we'll add into it. You're like, "That's where they picked to start." Right. Like one time we were fucking around with our friend Nate, and I was rapping uh, a Biggie song. Uh huh. And then he started joining in. I was doing um, what's that? Oh, come on. We're in we're in New York, so it's big. What is it? It was all a dream. I used to word up, read up, word map magazine. Right. But then I cut out my part and just opened the episode with Nate going. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> and then we were like, I don't know how he felt about that. I got feedback from him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, this is the, I mean, I just got Pete Holmes. So I didn't realize we were going. This is yeah, cool. yeah. I don't have a Katie Levine. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish. I like, um, I, yeah, I think I realized that you guys sort of do that. Pete Holmesy thing where it kind of just fades up a little bit and you guys yeah, are already talking. Yeah, that's me. And that's kind of cool. That's totally my. I've I've become so obsessed with it. It's been my newest hot. My friend uh, Jeff and Dan are musicians. I think I was saying this before we started recording that uh, this is like my guitar to them because they're both like musicians, like gearheads and <laughs> right. like for fun. They're like Brad, this is like guitar to you. It was like, 
Yeah, I finally have a hobby. That's awesome. Yeah, this is your guitar. What a, like, <laughs> what an amazing. Uh, like, is, but we couldn't do this what ten five years ago. Yeah, I, I know. mean, who would want to do this five years? Like, it would oh, be on God. a it would be on a CD or like what would how would I, you? <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it, and it's just it's just funny because like it's I always have these weird like moments of thought. I was like, I'm like, how egotistical am I that I want to make a podcast? Right. I guess it's the same thing if you like like someone like you because you are like I guess a, a performer. But it's like I fell in love. I just fell in love with the genre. I fell head over heels for podcasting. Yeah. Like maybe seven years ago when I found them, but then in the last few years I got really, really into them. And I just like I just want to continue that next step. I think I've always wanted to have my own radio show. I remember there was a show on the N. Do you remember? Did you ever watch the N? Degrassi was on the N. There was a no. show called Radio Free Roscoe, and it was like <laughs> these like. Four, three or four, like hip kind of uh, emo teens, and they had their own radio show, and I, th- I think it was called Radio Free Roscoe. I don't really remember the details. It was a pretty bad show, but I think I was really into it because they had their own show, and it would, they would go throughout their their you know their teen melodramas, and then they they'd talk about it on their show, and I thought that was so cool. But they were actually broadcasting it, and this was this was maybe. Ten years ago, the show was on television. Huh. Maybe nine years ago. I did do college radio shortly. I tried to get a college radio station off the ground that failed. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that too. Have a college radio show. Yeah. How did it fail? It, we just didn't get the funding. Doesn't your your dad has a acoustic show? Right? Oh my god, Bill Revel, if you are listening. And by the way, my dad does listen. Mm-hmm. It's actually really sweet. He will text, call, or email me after every episode. Really? And, and provide and, me very lovely feedback. That's awesome. And like th- that part was funny. This is really nice. I really, you guys are great. It's. It's really sweet. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's I'll throw like an intro into plug all of your wonderful, wonderful things. Right. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I like that you do that too. That's also sort of a Pete Holmes yeah. thing that you do. Is you kind of do a recap. Hey there, weirdos! Pete Holmes here. Cackle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. That was someone who actually knows all this obscure knowledge I now know because of podcasting. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so many comedians. And mo- I've watched movies. I've bought in books. Like my entire like life is revolved around pod. I, I literally sure. wake up every morning before work, refresh my podcast, see what's new. When I'm because I have like an hour commute up to an hour sometimes. Wow, really? So, yeah, kind of okay. sucks. But it's just like you get to work and you listen to a podcast. And it's a car commute. It's not a public yeah, transportation. It's yeah. a car commute. That's- I work in Massachusetts. Cool. Yeah, I think podcasts are very like. Uh, I think. There's a lot of people in New York who listen to them, but I think they're even. I think it's they're kind of bigger in LA, right? Because it's like lots of sitting in traffic. Yeah, it's a. Do you walk places when you and listen to them? I do. I actually only listen to. Uh, here's the window sound, the ambient yeah. New York sound. I want everyone to know that Andrew was like, hey, we should shut that window. And Chris is like, no, fuck that. Yeah, it's got to be real. <laughs> so if you're hearing an ambulance, it's because someone has been murdered. Like yeah, that. no other option, right? It's uh, you're you're authentic. It's a true <laughs> New York kind of uh, yeah authenticity. You're going for like a like a gritty kind yeah. of realism well, that you want for your show. So, well, it's such for anyone. It's like, how the hell do these guys know each other? We used to work together. That's right. For uh, you don't work there anymore. I don't work at. Starbucks so we could say anymore. where it is. We both yeah. worked for a corporate coffee corporate. Uh, a little yeah. hole in the wall coffee. A little little joint. Starbucks. Yeah, in Meriden, Connecticut. But I, you didn't work there for terribly long. I worked there for three months. You were a genius and got out of there. I, uh, well, no, I got out of there and went to a different job for a short period of time, and then w- went back to a different Starbucks. Oh, okay. For a very long period of time. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah. It's I, actually this is something I wanted to talk about in the show because you've talked about working at Starbucks before in the show, and as far as I can tell, everybody had a very positive experience, and I do. 
I am grateful for things about working at Starbucks. Yeah. But um, I also, I think I had mostly a negative experience. I did until I went to it. Same thing. I had a very positive experience once I uh, left the one I worked at in Connecticut and went to the one in Providence. That's okay. Sure. That's true. I yeah. think it's very who you work for. That might be true. You, but I, and not to like blow smoke up your ass, but you were one of the funniest people I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. I remember. Do you remember when we had the drive through headphones on one day and we were just reading the ICP song? Uh, miracles over <laughs> but yeah. instead of like to each other we were putting it through the drive through be like are you a believer in miracles yeah <laughs> magic I... how the fuck does that work no it's magnets they go magnets how the fuck do they work and i don't want no scientists pissing me off <laughs> <laughs> i vaguely remember that yeah i remember i would come up with these long uh things that i would say just really fast when people would drive up to the drive through you do like a very well 1920s voice yeah we did old-timey voices i remember we'd call oh hey welcome to starbucks venti ice cappuccino for you today sir yeah we I mean, that was our, that was our thing i remember yeah I, I remember very little about that job but i also liked you i thought you were cool yeah i thought you were um i think when i first started working there, let's be honest i was way too good for that job. i was like matt damon in goodwill hunting that, yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, one day I'm going to come here, and you're not going to be here anymore. Yeah, in fact... Uh, so you're Ben Flick. Yeah, that's right. I think um, I think one day, one night I was actually closing up the shop, and uh, you didn't know this because I was in the bathroom, but I came out of the bathroom, and I, I, I saw you on the, the espresso machine, and you were making uh, the world's... <laughs> Best. You were solving the world's espresso problems. Espresso problems. <laughs> Guys, yeah. if we calibrate the machine every three shots, the mach- it won't pull too long. Right. Yeah. Lori was like, she put, uh, uh, she set up a very hard espresso equation <laughs> on the machine, and you solved it. And everybody was like, "Who did it?" And I, I knew. I knew it was you. Um, God, if that was only that was only what Starbucks was like. I, know. I worked. You worked at Southington one because I did a shift there once. Yes. I only worked that job. I man, I went there just for the health insurance, and I stayed way too long. Yeah, I think the reason I didn't like it, and this is actually interesting that we're talking about it, because I think most people that know me don't even know that I ever worked at Starbucks. It's something I actually really keep, keep a secret. So this is like an exclusive. Oh, we'll take this out. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming out but on this podcast as, as a former ex, barista. Yeah, former barista. Oh my god. Well, oh no worries. Um, oh, also, anyone who knows Andrew, who actually listens, first off, thank you. And yeah, he was a uh, barista. I don't remember your skill level barista because I didn't really give a shit. Yeah, I liked fooling around a lot and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. But I, whenever I, when we were together, and the whole time I had worked that jo- at Starbucks, I always had other jobs. So that was always my like, keep that. That's do this for the insurance, and then work other places. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This would this would have been. I worked there from January 2010 until March 2010. Yeah, you were yeah, you were like a little blip in the radar. Yeah, just in and out. But uh yeah, were I, you were there with McKenna? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you must know. You Shane, we worked with Shane together. Yeah, Shane we like, Shane was awesome. Yeah, he was Shane. really awesome. Who else worked with us? Caitlin, Crystal, uh I think Sarah, Anna. I'm trying to I'm, I'm bad with names. Yeah, I think Crystal and Kate, I, I still see Crystal. Well, I, I had known Crystal from high school. That's how I ended up working there. I remember the last week that I was working there, there was a new guy who was from L.A., and he had, like, blonde hair. He was kind of James Vanderbeeky. Hmm. His name was Ryan. Do you remember that? Oh, that's Ryan McKenna. Oh, that is Ryan McKenna. Yeah. Yeah, he like, lived in L.A. for a short period yeah, of time. Yeah, he, he lives back there now. Okay. He looked, like, kind of um, atypical male because he was, like, mas- masculine. He was, yeah. But he was the sweetest, nerdiest guy in the world. He, yeah, he. I remember. His I asked favorite him, movie was Love Actually. I, yeah, I remember he told me that. I was just gonna say, and that, he wasn't yeah. kidding about it. 
Yeah, that's he was, right. because yeah, I I hate him because he was so devilishly handsome. Right. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> but he was so nice. I remember he used to do that thing where there were like two counters, uh, and he would just like do push-ups, on the, you know, like one hand on each, and he'd like do a, uh, I don't know yeah. what that's called, where he squats a little bit and pushes himself Neither up. Neither of us know these exercises. I don't, <laughs> I don't do any exercise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but. He was super nice. He, he was nice. I remember, same with, that's how I felt about Shane, too. Like, I was intimidated by him at first, but then I, I was like, wow, this guy's really smart and super funny and very yeah. subtle. Um, yeah, I like Quick him. with the humor. Yeah. I, wish, it, I, I, I don't think I do. See, that's the weird thing about podcasts. You don't know who listens. Right. Unless someone tells me, I have no, I yeah, have no idea. I, I know. It's just it's a good rule of thumb just to kind of uh, uh, just say positive things about everybody. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything negative to say about those two. Yeah, anyway. not, I, really, I generally like them. I kinda, now I'm like kind of sad. I was like, oh, I miss those guys. Right. You know, Ryan McKenna was the one who told me to watch Veronica Mars. Is that right? I didn't listen to him up until maybe th- four months ago. Right, interesting. And you, you watch, love it. Do you yeah. have yours? I watched the first season. Um, I can't believe I liked how, it. It's not what I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's cool. It's um it's very ambitious, right? It's like it has. Well, I watched Party Down first. Right. Okay. Did, did you see the Party Down? I love Party Down. Yeah, Party one Down's of my great. favorites. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think you and I probably have this in common. We both love underrated and understated television programs. I think that's probably that true. could be an entire episode if we didn't live three hours away from each other. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. Oh my god, Freaks and Geeks, Party Down, uh huh. The Wires. I don't know. The Wires now. I think appreciated years after yeah, it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King of the Hill for me is a big one that um, doesn't get enough play. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know people tell me that I should listen, watch King of the Hill, but I, I just, uh, I don't. Well, I see you have a Pete and Pete DVD. Love Pete and Pete. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. I Oh, you have the Wire box set too. I have the Wire. I have that as well. And Roseanne. Yep, Roseanne. That's the com- that is the complete series of Roseanne. I only if they kept out that last season, but just to keep the last episode in. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's just kind of. Did you hear her on Joe Rogan podcast? I did. She's she's a little crazy now. <laughs> or yes. She's probably always been crazy, but she's definitely yes. uh Yes. Yeah, I did listen I listened to like all 14 hours of that that episode or yeah, whatever me too. it was cuz I was just like what is she talking I, about? I usually like listen to that one in periods I, and like breaks. Like you, I'll I'll do it go drive somewhere do some dishes, right. and then turn it off and come back. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it will take me a week to get through a, right. a Rogan episode. Me too. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll like listen to other podcasts. Dirt like I'll pause yeah, the... and then you kind of come back. Yeah, um, back to Pete and Pete though, because when I was a kid, um, I had to give my dad a lot of credit because I think he really introduced my brother and I to like a lot of stuff that became more culturally relevant or was just kind of unique. But like as a kid, like. He made us watch. Well, he loved. You know, you know. As you're a kid, if your parents like something, you're gonna watch it with them. Mm-hmm. And if you like something, your parents are always looking to spend time with you, so you can go back and forth. Right. But for my dad, I would call, give him a class to make my very early on comedy tree, like a tree of comedy to become starts. Uh, Naked Gun, Pee Wee Herman, mm-hmm. and then the cartoon Doug on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. He really, and then Pete and Pete. Right. And I always had these years and years, and felt like no one else remembered Pete and Pete except me. Right. And then I always thought there was just something different about that show. And then when the DVDs came out, and I went back and watched it. Uh-huh. I was so relieved to find out I wasn't wrong. Yeah. No. It, it it holds up. If anything, it gets better the older you are. Oh my I think. god. Um. And I think I, I didn't. I think it's in the same vein of Freaks and Geeks in that it's funny, but it has just a lot of heart. And it it's, felt uh, true to life. Like yeah. at that growing up in like suburban wherever we grew up. Like I grew up in we we actually grew up a town away from each other. That's right. You so were like in Meriden, right? I'm Meriden, you were Southington. Right. Like that's like like 
Oh my god! Remember the episode where uh, Little Pete is just gonna stay up all night? I haven't watched this in at least t- in at least like five years. Right. This is literally from memory. But Little Pete was gonna stay up all night, uh-huh. and then to win the game, they were playing flashlight tag, and the whole episode is narrated by Big Pete. And then the mother comes out and plays flashlight tag until the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a. It's it's a just so heartwarming. Yeah. Or the um, Halloween episodes. I think it does a good job. Uh, it's very successful of capturing or like creating a world that. I think that's how it feels when you're a kid. Like your your small little suburban town feels like the world, mm-hmm. and there's all these like everything is so much bigger and uh, more and more interesting and more like magical and important. And I think uh, just like you know you hear rumors about like uh, somebody's backyard or like um, you know and like you just have this entire mythology for everything. Uh, and I think it it also captures like what. I, growing up in New England is like too. I think it's a very like New England. Was uh, it based in New England? I don't even know if it's actually said. shot in um, New Jersey. And, yes. Uh, I uh, about a year and a half ago, I, me and my friend. Don't not tell me you went to the thing at Terminal Five, the P and P reunion. No, I did not go to that. Oh, no, God. I didn't go to that. I did listen to a podcast and I can't remember who it was, but it was someone who had worked on Pete and Pete okay. and talked about the magic of why that show was that show. Uh-huh. And so many people, like directors, sound people, fashion people, were like nobodies who started in that show have now. Come on and shaped our world. I wish I had more information. If I ever could, if I could figure, figure it out before this airs, I'll put it. I'll have to let you know. But like, I can't remember names. But there's like big name musicians who came on just to do a guest spots and like oh, totally, yeah. Uh, directors, like big name directors before they got big. Yeah, it's um. Uh, I think that most of the, most of the people who worked on the show were like uh, Lower East Side kind of East yeah. Village like hipster guys in the yeah. like, late '80s, early '90s, and uh, they just kind of. Put that sensibility of like uh, of early '90s indie film into a show, a Nickelodeon uh, show, uh, like a kids show, yeah. And it's like it just really it has such a great '90s kind of stylization. Anyway, as I was saying, I was um, no, it's all right. Uh, a, a couple of years ago, I went uh, we went uh, to a, on a Pete and Pete pilgrimage where we <gasps> went and we visited locations in Leonia, New Jersey, which is where they shot most of the where scenes. New Jersey is. That? I'm actually going to New Jersey after this. Uh, really? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, it I was like know what I'm doing tonight. It was a three-hour car ride from okay. Southington. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but we got lost a lot, and we um, just made it there with like a few hours of sunlight left. We went to um, we went to the school oh, where man. they uh, where in the episode I think Day of the Dot where they're on the the the, the football fields um, mm. doing the formations. Oh um, God! We, are we you stood on that the, the field. squid. Yeah, um, yeah, this the, is the squid with yeah. uh, Ellen, right? That was her name. Yeah, it's funny you're saying these things. It's like, I'm. It's just I. I feel like it's like a time warp. Like I'm jumping right back into like I'm like, however old I was at my grandmother's house watching Nickelodeon on her couch, and Big Pete's voice is that narration. Right, and then Ellen. And then she cuts in, come on, Pete, I have to practice. And she's walking in circles, and he's, like, trying to ch- – I'm sorry, I'm just right, going off on yeah. a little tangent there. <laughs> I, like, I just have – it's a really odd thing that you could have in life where you can just, like, transport to a moment yeah. that you haven't – We went to – um. Wow. We, we went to Ellen's house where oh Pete uh, stood outside of – in that episode, and he looked up at her practicing in, in, the, in her silhouette in the window. We, st- mm-hmm. we stood right where he stood and looked up at the window. It was extremely nerdy of us, but uh, – Oh, no, you're just like – It was, I, it was you know, it was, like go, it was like going into – uh, he was like walking into this imaginary world from our childhood or something. You are in good company. Do you ever watch the AV clubs when they do uh, pop? What's it called? But they go to pop pilgrims. Or, pop yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. It's basically. I wanted that. to do the wire one, but it looked a little scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <Said it. laughs> yeah, I've, ne- I've never been to Baltimore. But, no, uh, me neither. I'd like to. 
I, I yeah, I, I hear one of two things about Baltimore: either that the Wire gives it a bad reputation, or the Wire perfectly captures what Baltimore is like. Yeah, I don't know, and who knows who's to say? I guess you have to live there to make that. Back to Pete and Pete. I just so nice to talk to someone else who had that obsession with Pete and Pete the same way I did. Do you remember the Halloween episode? I remember it being scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, like the the pumpkins. The, yep. The, yeah, yeah, right. I remember when they go to the Hoover Dam and they had to take off all their clothes to put. Every, I think that's actually the pilot. <laughs> that and is, they had yeah. to put everything on top to beat that other family. That's right. And it just showed that they were like, they were weird and they knew it. And right. it didn't matter. And right. it was just like, we can be ourselves. And we, we're a weird family together. A Petunia. The, Artie, the strongest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That show, I could talk. Oh my, I'm going to go get those. I'm I know. Go I, that. It's, uh, it's great. They don't have the, the third season is not on DVD because they so didn't sell enough of the first and the second uh, to put the third out. But you sometimes it's a licensing thing where they just don't like. Uh, right. That could be. The Wonder Years almost never came up because they just couldn't afford to clear all those songs. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of the songs are actually done by uh, like Who pretty popular song? indie rock bands. Um, like uh, the uh, Magnetic Fields have a lot of songs mm. on Pete and Pete. Um, the theme song is actually done by uh, a band called Miracle Legion, who are actually from Meriden, Connecticut. No. Yes, they're from Meriden. Shut Meriden's. the fuck yeah. up. Mark Mulcahy, who is the <gasps> singer of that band, is from Meriden, Connecticut, and he plays every year at the Daffodil Festival. Oh, my God. And he plays a bunch of songs from the uh, from his like solo career, which is which is pretty good. Um, and uh, the, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, the music from The Adventures of Pete and Pete is a great album that I actually... Highly recommend. It's actually one of my favorite albums, not just because it's the 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 songs that they wrote for Pete and Pete, but it's actually just really beautiful music, uh, and it has a, it's just great like uh, early '90s suburban jangly like guitar pop. Ride your bicycle. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the episode where Pete, which I think if I remember this right, so clever is that Pete is riding his bicycle and he sees a garage band playing, and they're playing the actual theme that's song the for the show. Yeah, that's right. And that was so meta, which mm. is like, and then Pete can't ever find that song again. And then, I know, not to sound like an old geezer, but before the internet was what it was. But I remember having those experiences with my mom. Like, we'd be in the car and we hear a song we love. They don't say who it is. I didn't have Soundhound because it didn't exist. Right. And you're like, how do I find that song? Yeah, totally. And yeah. you kind of have this experience chasing it and finding it. Oh, it's so easy now. You just listen to, like, one lyric from the song and you punch it into Google on your phone mm-hmm. and then you have the song title. But, yeah, I remember that. And I love that episode because it it's an episode of a, of a children's show just about like loving music and like falling in love with a song and like the passion for having like knowing a song and like he doesn't he he forms his own band to like recreate the song yeah oh my god yes oh yeah wow i forgot about that but i've i never like had that story but like i think i was of of, i was probably little pete's age when it aired i don't know Are are you are we of the same age i'm 29 i am i'm 25 Okay, so that's the same. We, we know the same references and stuff. Yeah. So that's the same world. So I, I was probably in between. Oh, my God. Remember the bus driver, Stu? I didn't think when we sat down this much Pete and Pete talk would happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. beauty of the podcast. Stu, Stu is funny. Um, and he drives because he was in love with Sally someone. That's right, Sally, the other bus driver. Oh, my God. And I was a substitute teacher for a very short period, for like a year, uh-huh. like on the side. And I always saw that Pete and Pete episode when, because uh, they would do that thing, like kind of that cutaway, 
And every kid's brain, when they hear the word substitute, and they would cut to like a scene, it would show the human brain, and it would travel, and then the word substitute would explode, and then kids have to like react poorly, right? Because they had a substitute bus driver. Yeah, yeah. I always thought of that. Yeah, totally. remember Inspector Thirty Nine? Yes, I do remember with that the ribs, one. and he had it had that lesson of that imperfection is perfect. Yeah. God, what a great fucking I show! I'm, I, I could, yeah, I could talk about that show all day. I love that show. I, I, I um. We went. Uh, the last thing we did on our on our pilgrimage was we went to the house where they shot um, the the season one uh, exteriors of the house and like the the theme song of all three seasons is the same house. And we visited the house. We stood on the front yard, the uh, front lawn, and we um, it's in this like it's in this weird neighborhood where it's kind of like I remember there was it was just. For some reason, it was lots of Asian people. It was like a hmm. Asian, uh, just a very big Asian community. But it was they must love Pete and Pete. Yeah, man, I guess. So. I mean, you think there's a correlation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But we bought um, we bought tall boys of uh, Yingling, Ying, Yingling. Yeah, and we just uh, uh, walked around and we just kind of like walked around the basically the set of this show. And we're like, oh, this is the corner where uh, this is like the intersection where in the New Year's episode where Pete. Uh, sends his bike down the hill. Do you remember that? Episode? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. That 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 scene. I don't even remember the Pete. I just remember it, it's dark out and there's a street. I could be wrong. I think I'm just imagining. It. And then it's just a bike. Right. Does the bike go forever or something? It goes like the entire length the episode, of the episode I think. and then it goes through woods and stuff. Right. And oh then it's yeah. The crossing guard stops the bike at the end, <laughs> and then but like the the place where they're standing in the end, we like stood at that intersection. And uh, just kind of drank this beer in public, and it was a very emotional, uh, very great bonding experience for me and uh, two of my friends. We just uh, you're still friends with those people, yeah, presumably. absolutely. It was a, how it, could you not be? I mean, it was to me. I remember I, we were getting a little like sentimental, uh, you know, from the fact that we were uh, drinking alcohol, also. But um, I think uh, something I said was like, "This is like friendship," you know, those like stupid mm-hmm. things you say. Um, but like that it really is. is to me, that's like truly friendship, not like going to like, not like, you know, like most adult friendships where you're like going to a bar and like mm-hmm. yelling to each other over the loud music and like, you guys are my friends. Like, yeah. That's not friendship. That's just like I had the a illusion. Bit of that last night. <laughs> yeah. well, well, last night, um, my friends Van Folly had did, uh, there was a, a reunion show in Long Island. So they broke up maybe five years ago, but they play every here and there. And there's another band called Antarabe, Long Island hardcore band that I wasn't really superly into, but always very nice. Mm-hmm. And they had a 10-year anniversary t- uh, show for this. And I went to this tour. When, that, when they did that tour for that album release, I went to that in 2004. Okay. And so then last night, it's 2014. Wow. And I was with the same people from that same time frame of 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And it was a... Was, kind of that same thing. It was really sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And like just to like know like the, um, my friend Ryan and Dan came and then like Amanda, my friend Amanda was there and then like I've known the Folly guys for all that time and actually they all agreed to come on and I I have to admit I'm not too familiar with Folly but I know they're like not they're not big, course, right? but they also have Sky, Sky yeah. elements, right? We were probably when we worked at Starbucks I probably talked about them a little obsessively. So. Yeah. I and I've heard the other band's name too, Enterabe. Yeah. Um yeah, I used to I would occasionally frequent some Connecticut hardcore shows when yeah. I was in high school, but I never felt comfortable. It, you might just be a few years too young, and not because of your age. Right. Because I 
started to go to concerts as a when I was younger as a way to avoid just the counterculture. And then it really, in Connecticut, turned into the frat guy that got lost and ended up at a hardcore show, and right. it changed. But when I first started going to concerts, uh, I really liked ska. So I liked ska and pop punk, and sometimes I'd like a, like a hardcore band here and there, like generally like the, the positive ones, like uh, With Honor or Life in Your Way, like these like kind sure. of like Christian hardcore bands. Right, like It was right. all about like brotherly love. Yeah. But yeah. Hatebreed is from our area, and then that kind of, it just, it turned... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I it, it was just, but being at the bar, it, it is, it's just odd when you have those things and you can connect with someone and like no one else knows what the hell I, like that band meant the world to me and a few people and to them. Right. It's like the same thing with your Pete and Pete. Like you have two friends that you would travel to New Jersey with to go see. <laughs> like, nobody has that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, uh, um, That's yeah, a, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it was always just like too violent or something. Like there was, I remember one point I got like uh, some girl that uh, that was friends with a couple of my friends was kicked in the stomach, you know. And I remember it got to the point where people would do that thing, you know, where they like pile on top of each other, Mm -hmm. and like that was always kind of fun, you know. But then there would be like the guy from the pit who would like pile on top of everyone and then like literally just punch some like people in the top of their head. Yeah, and And then they get mad at you if you said something. (laughs) That's when I I exited that world of music. I think, I don't know, I I do agree with you. I like, you know, even to this day, I really like bands like Fugazi who are more positive and it's like, you look at the like videos of them playing in the 90s and stuff and it's just, nobody's hitting each other. Everyone's like, you know, and I I really like going to shows where, I mean, it's, I've only gone to a few shows in my life where I've just safely moshed. Yeah, know? last night was one of them. I, I was like, I'm not going to get hurt. I could, I can stand in the front of the stage and sing along. Yeah, that's great. You know, uh, where people I, are pushing I, up on you and you, you feel like you're going to fall over and stuff, but you're yeah. safe. Like, that's a great. And you know, it's funny too. Like when they um, did the reunion show a few years back, I was like, I can't get in hurt because I would have to pay for that, and my health insurance isn't so great. Right. <laughs> like I can't break my arm. Yeah. My parents' insurance won't cover me. Yeah. Maybe, I would pay for that. Maybe that's why it's a Connecticut hardcore thing because there's like they're so all much so privilege. Rich. And, yeah. <laughs> but we're afford. not from the good Connecticut. That's what I always tell everyone. I know. When, I, when you, so you now live in New York City, right? When you tell people you're from Connecticut, they're just like, oh, and you're like, no, no, no. I'm. I have that living in Providence. I'm like I'm not from that Connecticut. Right. That's basically a different state. I know. Uh, I. It's. I think people have a very interesting idea of what Connecticut is, and I think it's based on. Maybe Gilmore like, Girls. Yeah, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Gilmore, yeah, that kind of world. Um, yeah, like, Did that world exist? It definitely, like, it does exist. It does though. exist, yeah. Like, when you go anywhere, you can find what you're looking for. Right. But the, the, the Connecticut is the wealth gap. Like, now that's a huge talking point within the country. But we've lived that in Connecticut forever. Like, sure. I, I, I don't know about your family. We didn't come from, like, the depths of poverty by any means. Like, no, yeah, me Very middle, middle, maybe a little of the other one, towards the upper-ish right. song of it. Like, but... uh my parents also didn't buy me a Ferrari when I turned sixteen. Right, but uh, you know we had a good, I had a good life and I was very happy. But it, there were like Cheshire was that town. Right, it was oh my god, the Gilmore Girls is actually based of Cheshire. Is it based on Cheshire? Really? Yeah, it doesn't come out and say it, but it's supposed to be Cheshire. Mm. I think Cheshire is actually not even like that's just like slightly above us. Yeah, I think there's like even more. Well, I think Greenwich that, yeah, County, but Cheshire was always odd because it had like. This era of that it had more money than it really did. Right. Most yeah. people were in like 
de- up to their eyeballs. It was a very much of a keeping up with the Joneses mentality in Cheshire. It's yeah, it's a little hoity-toity there. Um, but a little no less really like strip it. malls, I think. Yeah, uh, it's quaint and it's nice, but it's like we can't afford our house. But you don't need to know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> but then you have like the Fairfield County. Like I grew up, I never really go down there. Oh, I, yeah. I have been there now, but I, that wasn't my scene. Like I didn't know Fairfield County at all. Yeah, I don't even. I, it's like a gated community, basically. Yeah, I, I don't even. But then you have Bridgeport. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. So it's like that. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Most of the people that I meet in New York who are from Connecticut are from Fairfield County. Yeah, and uh, it's, yeah, they all live in Brooklyn, probably. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just can't really identify with that. I met a girl the other day from Tolland. I don't know where that is. Really, hmm. it's kind of that like sounds familiar. It's near Coventry. It's like past Hartford. Oh, is that like the Valley? I don't. know. It's like oh, really about Yukon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for such a teeny tiny state, and it's I, very diverse. I've, I think I've noticed this now that I live in, now that I live in New York. I guess you still live in New England. But I yeah. think the bonding, like meeting people from New England, there's a certain solidarity there and like a certain like yeah. bond that you have with those people. I've been people. trying to get out of it. Yeah. I don't want to be a New Englander <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I think now I'm at this yeah. point now where I, I accept, like I, I'm, I have a greater understanding of, of how it plays into my identity or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like I could get out of my state in 30 minutes if I need to. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. And do every single day. Because yeah. I went to school in Vermont too. And that's where I felt the most New Englandy. Oh yeah, people that. have pride about being a New Englander up there. Sure, yeah, that and then uh, Connecticut, we didn't really have that. No, yeah, Connecticut's very self-deprecating. Would you say that? Yeah, I, at least my view of it was. Uh-huh. I always hated it and had to get out and very Larry Davidish, right? About the state, uh-huh. and I'll shit on Connecticut forever. But if someone ever says anything bad, I'm like, you shut the fuck up. That's my state. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There's um, I was in Southington a couple days ago, um, because I. Went there to visit some friends who were there. And uh, now when I go back to Connecticut, I kind of romanticize the things I used to hate about it. Yeah, me too. Like, I used to, um, like, I get really excited about the idea of, like, hanging out in a stop and shop parking lot. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, or just, like, you driving around all night, Mm -hmm. you know? With the windows down. Drive-in theater that you guys have in Southampton. Oh, yeah, totally. And they play the old movies. Yeah, definitely. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Have That's you ever really been cool. to the uh, the Pleasant Valley Drive-in in Connecticut? Where's that? Oh, God. It's in, like, Bark Hampstead, I think, is the name of the... the oh, God, no. It's, it's a drive, but it's in the middle of the woods, and there's never any more than maybe seven cars there. It's super wow. private, and they have great screens, and uh, it's... They do a double feature for like five dollars. Oh like man, that's crazy! I love that feeling. Um, I, I hope it's still open. I haven't been there in a couple of years. But. I saw that you posted something on your Facebook.com page about how New York does the free movie because Providence does the same thing. They do, but you much larger scale here. The free movies in the park. Oh yeah, is it? That. Do you ever go to those? I do sometimes. I always around this time of year, I get very excited about those summer I things, never and do. then when I'm in summer, I've like. I'd rather yeah. just stay home and like torrent something. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm the same way, but I, I we make my I make my way to a few, enough things where I feel like it's worth living where I live. Yeah, sure. Do, have you? What movies did you go see? I saw Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Oh, uh, and the, we do they have movies in the block. And last year we saw Goodfellas. Oh, cool. That's and, awesome. And um, it was like as Pete Holmes talks is like it's like there's that community aspect. It was a beautiful night. They have like a restaurant and there's a they like set up a bar. They had food trucks and stuff, and That's it's right in downtown. That sounds awesome. And it, it's it is. It's just, but I mean, I don't go to all of them, but I've just I go to like one a year. Yeah. There's just something with that. Like it's just something about uh 
the community of watching a movie together. Sure. But I also really like Netflix and stay at home. So yeah, <laughs> it's the trade off. Well, the difference yeah. is when you're like people like you and I who actually work and our life is our income is uh, means a lot more because it's not like someone's just funneling us millions of dollars. Right. So it's like, mm, go out or stay home. Right. Staying home is always cheaper. Well, usually, usually, uh, yeah, I mean, it is always cheaper, but I think usually the movies in the park are free, right? Yeah, a movie yeah. in the park's free. So but yeah, I, then you're like, I, I, I tend to gravitate. I lo- think I love about Providence is it has a lot of free cultural art events. Yeah, sure. So like, and, and New York does as well, which I don't think a lot of people know unless you live here. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's stuff. I actually was just thinking about this the other day. Now that summer is coming along, I, uh, I was talking to, I was meeting a friend and I was like, where should we meet? And she texted me and she was like, uh, let's just, uh, meet me in McCarran park. And, uh, it was like the first time I heard that in like six months, meet me in a park. You know what I mean? Oh, because yeah. in the winter you have to like, in order to go out, you have to pay to be in a restaurant or in a bar to, yep. to see someone. But in the summer you're able to save more money because you can just be walk outside. around and yeah, it's not painful to be outside. Yeah. You know? It's actually like physically painful to be outside in yeah. the winter. Yeah, it's kind of great. How so how did you end up how did you end up in New York anyhow? Did you start off in Queens? Yes, uh I did. I lived in New York back in 2008. Oh, wow, and, you've been here for a while. Well, I lived there for a year in in Williamsburg. Uh-huh. And then I moved back to Connecticut for 3 years. And that's when I met you. Oh. Um, oh, so oh no way. I never knew that. Yeah. Um I yeah, I lived in New York for a year um and uh just kind of ran out of money. I wasn't working. I was living on student loans. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was just... Did you a, go to school here? I was taking classes at the School of Visual Arts, uh, screenwriting classes. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of eating three $15 meals a day. It's just, you know, like 18 years old. I did not know yeah. how to budget myself. Of, of course. <laughs> I had no uh, Good experience, experience uh, working anywhere other than like, uh, you know, at a grocery store film developing uh, station in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> what store, if you don't mind saying? Uh, I was at Price Chopper um, back oh, yeah. I, in the photo lab back when grocery stores had photo labs. Oh, God. Just something that I don't think grocery stores have anymore. No. So how many nudes did you see? Oh, uh, no. I'm not being perverted, but I have had a friend who used to sort of work at Walgreens. Yeah. And that was like a thing really? to the point where like you had to appoint the uh, report the naked child one. Okay. Like that would happen like it was in Wallingford. Wow, it happened so much like it wasn't. It was to the point where like it would really disturb them. That's amazing. That's that's really scary. Sometimes it was like, and as they, my friend, I'll uh, remain anonymous, uh, would put it. It was never people you would want to see naked. Right. Oh yeah, of course not. There's always uh, like a nude beach, as he referred to it as. I never had any nudes, but I remember too- one time there was a little. We had a little bit of like a, a this like this drawer where we would keep. All the photos that people never came back to to pick up. Was there ever a one of a man in white tidy whiteies stretched out like this on a couch? I'm referring to George Costanza, of course. Right. That yeah. particular no, one no, episode. That particular. Uh, no, we did not have that. That's too bad. Um, but we did. Uh, one time, I remember there was this kid. I was looking through the photos one day because I was bored, uh, and you know it. This is 2008, so there wasn't really much to do in a photo lab. People weren't really developing photos anymore. But I was, so I was looking through the photos that, the unclaimed photos, and I found uh, an entire roll uh, of photos of this popular kid who used to make fun of me in high school, and they were all selfie style pictures <gasps> taken with a disposable camera, um, and. You know, like the quality of a disposable camera. It's yeah. just, it's, there's something very distinct about that, oh, the way it God, looks yeah. and like the overexposed 
uh, he was just completely over, like his, his skin was just overexposed. And he was, uh, I remember he, like all these selfies of him and, you know, he was trying to make these cute little faces and stuff. And it was very like, as much as I wanted to like, in some way use it against him, it actually like humanized him to me a little bit. You know, it's like, this is a, you know, this guy was like, I don't know. It was like my personal, like I felt like we were even because I saw those photos for all the times he like made fun of me in high school or something. So, um, so when I met you, you were at Starbucks. I didn't know you had lived in New York, but when you left New York the first time where you'd gun ho about coming back. I was, yeah. I think it was just like, at that point it was like, it was just, I knew what this place was and I was, couldn't be anywhere else or something, you know, I just had to get back here. That's awesome. It was like already, it was in my bones, man. Because you were traveling down here a fair amount, right? I was. I was, I started taking improv classes shortly after I was working at Starbucks in Meriden and, uh. And you would take the train every week? I would take the train twice a week. Were you the farthest one from your class? I was. Nobody else is from out of New York City. No. In any but class. In Connecticut ever. didn't have anything, or was it was because it was UCB and it's, you know, yeah, it's I, UC fucking B. I just wanted to go to UCB, yeah. Rightfully so. I mean, everyone has come out of there. Sure, yeah. I, um, I was going to shows at UCB when I was living here the first time, but I was only going to stand-up shows, and I was, for some reason, I just kind of, I think I had this idea of what improv was in my head, and I just didn't think it was for me. Well, did long-form improv, was that big in New York? Well... At that point, because I know there's been like a boom of it, because I know like the 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 ragtag or the Rat Pack would call it like Nate Puller, Matt Besser, yeah, Ian Roberts, Matt Walsh. That's right, correct? Yeah, you know when they came out from Chicago. Oh, I'll go even farther because they learned their style at Second City with Del Close. Right. Wow. Lots of podcasts <laughs> listening. I'm impressed. It took a while for the UCB to become the UCB. Mm-hmm. So when you were here, was UCB UCB or is it just like UCB? I started taking classes in February. Like, was the show on? And eleven. No, that. I don't remember. I don't know when the show stopped. That was like the late nineties, I think. I don't remember the show at all, to be honest. So yeah, that was. I didn't have cable for a lot of years, so I just sure. missed, missed that whole one. Yeah. Um. So it was February two thousand and eleven, and I think that was maybe the start of the improv becoming more of a thing. Yeah. Kind of time. I think maybe before that it was sort of a culture, but it's not the thing now, where it's like everybody in New York City that you meet has taken an improv class at some mm-hmm. point. Um. Even like business, well, there was even like uh, Will Ferrell, I think, was talking about it either on Nerdist or WTF with Mark Maron. That when he was in the Growlings, it was even like housewives and business people. It was just as a way just to loosen up and be more comfortable in crowds. Right. Yeah. Not think, as a way to be a straight shot to uh, SNL. Yeah. Uh, when you take 101, which is the, the entry level course at UCB, it's really just a, a melting pot of different kinds of people. Um, there's a few like actor types who just take that because they want to put it on the resume yeah, um, and have no intention of, of doing comedy and are never funny. Those people are never yeah. funny. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a few people who are, maybe they're trying to improve their public speaking or something. Um, there's uh, people who are just taking it for fun. And I think then there's like just a few like comedy nerds. And then as you climb the, the, the ladder at UCB, yeah. it's just comedy nerds. And, Absolutely. Um, that's kind of cool, and that's kind of, that's pretty exciting. I definitely want to come back to the UCB, but I got, I've been criticized, mostly by myself, uh, for like, 
not finishing stories. So uh-huh. today I was really focused on finishing stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, let's Because Mike usually here, uh, Mike and I are opposite. Like, we're, he's usually right around here. Right. And I'm like, ah! Right, yeah. So I, I definitely want to come back to this we're topic. Gonna, For once, I'm actually going to like finish your story. Yeah, yeah. It's actually Dan and Ryan. We're like, this is really fun, but we didn't finish any stories. So I don't know when they'll all come out, but there will be an episode you're like, wow, they just... Uh, they didn't finish anything they talked about. I, this. I know we're gonna. I'm gonna listen back to this and be so frustrated that I like we not, we weren't finishing anything that we're saying. Oh probably. yeah, fine. yeah. I don't care. I, you know, let's let's not be so sacred about things. Let's just like yeah. I like let it flow. Yeah, let it flow. I, I but I'm generally curious because I love I love the idea of moving. Like because I very quickly I moved to Providence, mm-hmm. but you moved here because you had like you had a Kong and you wanted to do it. Right. I met a young lady that I uh, liked a lot. And she lives in Providence, and then eventually the only way to make a relationship continue was to have to move. Is that why? Really? Yeah. I was I actually looking that. to move out this way. Uh-huh. Uh, we met in eHarmony. I had my settings set because I was going to try to – in my head, I was like, well, I don't want to be in Connecticut. I really want to move to – I'll be honest. I was actually looking to move to New Jersey because uh-huh. I have friends out there, and it's just cheaper. Okay. I had this idea. I was like, I can live close to New York City just for financial reasons. And then unintentionally, you kind of met, and then that's how I got pulled eastward. Right. But if it wasn't for her, I always wonder like what my life would have been if I would have just been in that studio apartment in Wallingford right now. I know. Yeah. Not that it's a bad life. That's it's just not what I wanted. But I had to have some force of nature make that change almost for me. Right. It was like I have to move. Yeah. She's not gonna move to Connecticut for me because I'm living at home. Right. That's just not worth it. Right. And it's the best thing I've ever did in my life. I'm. I'm. Beyond happy. And it worked out, and now we're married, so it worked yeah, out. Yeah, but it, sure. it worked out amazing. But you actually had a goal and stuck to it and went for it. Yeah. That's hard for me. So yeah, I'm know. always interested in people who actually can do it. Like when I listen to like anyone who's like successful in this world of uh, film, comedy, on podcasts, it's that drive that they have. Uh-huh. It's like, how do you get that drive to pick up and move cross country? Like, it's hard. Yeah, that's scary. Even moving two hours away is hard. Uh, yeah, it is. It is, for sure. Um, but... Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't know if I would be able to move to California. I don't know if I have that much of that. Drive. Yeah, I, you know, my, my family is important to me. Like, I have like a nephew and my parents, and like, I like being within a drive to see my folks. Right. Yeah. No, for sure, it's great. Um, I mean, people always ask me. Like, I know people who are from, uh, you know, California or from other countries. Yeah. And they always ask me like, how, how much money is it for a train ticket to Connecticut? And I'm like, that's like $25 round trip train ticket off peak. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I, if I, you know, could pay $25 and see my family, I would be so grateful for that, you know? But like, I, that's awesome. I get to do that. I definitely don't take enough time to like sit down and appreciate that. No, but it's, but when the, Good or bad things happen. That's when it ha- when you notice it the most. Sure. When like someone gets sick or uh, there's a birthday party, just holidays. It's that's when it kind of it's even that peace of mind, just knowing that you could be at your family's house right now. Right. It's just it's great. It's nice. I've always wanted to live far, far away, and then and there's I'm something be, I don't know. There's something like classy about uh, commuting to Connecticut uh, around Christmas time. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's very like it you know, it's is. very like Mad Men kind mm, of. Uh, it reminds me of like a like it almost reminds me of like a. Like a Billy Wilder kind of like 1960s, like getting on the train and like uh, smoking this, a cigar. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, wearing a fedora and like <laughs> you actually wear a fedora for. No, I, <laughs> you totally should. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um. Go to New Haven. Yeah, that like except New Haven's a little Christmas scary. in Connecticut kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's They're, a wonderful life almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, 
But well, yeah, I, what year uh, did you end up moving here then for the second round? This was uh, I moved here on New Year's Day, two thousand and thirteen. And then why Astoria? If because because I had it's awesome here. By the yeah, way, I, I love it here. Um, this is like the secret that no one is on. I'm like, yeah, sh- cheap, sh- and it's me. close to Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, um, but then it's its own thing, right? Like you probably on your off day don't have to leave Astoria. It's yeah, it's great. Super self contained. Put it to someone who's not familiar with the region. I drove here today. Uh huh. And I parked on the street very easily. Oh yeah, you're you're right up in New York City. Yeah. I walked 50, twenty feet. Yeah, in New York City, I, I found I Memorial Day weekend. I found parking. Right. Yeah, that's true. And you'll be able to leave your car there for days too. Like yeah. It, no one would. You know, you might have to move it on like Tuesdays and Thursdays for street sweeping or something. Yeah. But you're fine. I found parking. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's crazy. And um, there's good food because I have some friends and family live over here and like they love it. Oh yeah. They foreign film Orange Is the New Black over here. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's at the um. Yeah, they filmed. Sesame Street at the uh, the Kaufman yep. Astoria, and then my friend uh, Bo, who I was actually going to go interview him after this, but there's time constraints didn't work out because I'm going to meet my in laws for dinner. Right. Um, but uh, sorry, Bo, I'll see him later. He lives by where they filmed Nurse Jackie. Okay. Do you know where that bar is in Nurse Jackie? I don't, but every now and then there will be a street closed off. Yeah, so Nurse Jackie. And my bachelor party ended up in Astoria. Uh huh. Well, we ended up in a very seedy club. Uh huh. Where. Uh, Friend Dan told a story where they uh, they slipped some ecstasy. Really, and the the people who run the place slipped slipped some ecstasy. We're not exactly entirely sure. We think that my friend Ryan was joking around and asked for a bud full, so that, that it was so they thought that meant drugs. When we walked in there, my friend Dan was a kitchen manager. He had a box cutter on him, and they made him check it at the door. Uh huh. This is like three o'clock in the morning. The Queens used to not be so great. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I always think about that movie with Channing Tatum and, uh, Magic and Mike. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, not Magic. Uh, um, the uh, Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. I never saw Which it. is about, it's about Astoria in the, I think the late 70s, early 80s. And um, it, they make it seem so like rough and tumble, you know? Yeah, I think it, can we talk about Channing Tatum? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Channing For a Tatum. second? yeah. Fuck that guy okay. <laughs> for being so masculine and so muscle, right? And then a really good actor, yeah, and funny. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you went that direction. With really that. funny. I think he is pretty. Funny. Did you and and his willingness not only to be in this is the end. Did you, did you happen to see that movie? He, well, yeah, that's right. He, he was that. like in full on dominatrix oh, gear, that's right. being yeah. joked about as they used him as a sex slave for anal sex, right. and like very derogatory and. Like, he was in that suit on all hands and knees with Danny McBride. Right. Like, he didn't have to do that. I didn't see 21 Drum Street, but I actually told, was told it was actually really good. Right. Yeah, when, when, when guys like that are willing to make fun of themselves. you got to love it. And he cool. comes off like a really cool dude. Mm. And I think he's an underrated actor, too. He he's really good. He a lot. Because um, I, I, I think acting looks easy. Right. And the easier it looks, the better they are at acting. Yeah, that might be true. I think that's the same with comedy. I thought he, yeah, I mean... Uh, I've only seen A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints yeah. uh, once, but I really liked him in that. Uh, like, when I see, watch Jerry Seinfeld do stand-up, uh-huh. I think, I could do that. Right. And then I try, I was like, oh my god, this is impossible. How right. does he do that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, um, like, when you were doing the C- UCB, cl- UB- UCB uh-huh. classes, yeah. were you a natural at it? Oh, yeah, and actually, yeah. I mean, I've always had this question for you in, the, in my head from, like, when I've... 
I, I think I told you this when we first were starting the podcast. We made a list of like future guests, right? And you were actually someone I had on my list. I know that's awesome because I was like, because ah, we always been like we remain uh, Facebook friends, so I always see like sometimes you pop up, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like vicariously, you're like you're kind of living like, oh man, I hear about all these podcasts and all these things. Like you're living it, like you. Right. So did you have any um, teachers or anyone who became something of a name? Who's that one guy? I heard him on the Pete Holmes show. That's how I found out about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Gethard. Yeah, Chris Gethard. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, because I found cool. heard him on "You Made It Weird," and right. he just talks about how everyone is kind of certain, not surpassed because I don't like to say that, but he's taught a lot of people who've gone on to do very big things. Sure. Yeah. And now he's starting to get his his, his fair share. Yeah. Um. He was the improv coach for my roommate for a uh, a while, a couple of years. Oh, um, wow. But he seems was, like a cool guy. I think he. By the time I started at UCB, he was already. Uh, not teaching he was already kind of doing his own thing and maybe too much of a name but yeah he's he's kind of like probably the most uh popular improviser at in new york right now Um, yeah uh yeah uh, there's a lot of people like that who yeah i mean and he has a he has the public access show his his comedy central show didn't get picked up no yeah but his uh stand-up his stand-up special Oh yeah, that's right. He's yeah, a, he has a stand-up special now. Yeah, he's he kind of does everything, which is cool. I like that about. And him. he's weird. Uh, the, he he openly admitted on the like uh, he wasn't taking the business aspect as serious as one needs to. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. That, that's a whole other thing. Like, it's not fair to have someone who is a great improviser or comedian and also have business sense because hmm. those are two very different things with musicians with anyone. Right. Like, I'm sure even just for you, you have a job and you're an improviser. Right. And so you're managing a lot of different things, and I bet those are skills you never thought that would even come into each other. Like, wow, that sophomore year math class is kind of important. Right, yeah. I think uh, what is I, – I don't – it's funny. I don't even consider myself an improviser, really. I, um, I did improv for three years, and I'm, I've – you know, just in the last year, I've kind of backed away from doing it. And I, I think I am looking at comedy as more uh, – uh, from the perspective of a business now, I want to, I'm taking more writing classes mm. and I'm doing more writing and making more, uh, that sounds awful, but like creating my own content. No, I, oh my God, I wanted to ask about your funnier die work. Oh, thanks, yeah. I love it. Okay. And I don't like to read a whole lot, so I'm yeah, someone, yeah. if I'm not captivated <laughs> in the first paragraph, I'm done. Right. But you wrote that thing for funnier die about, I don't love my girlfriend, but here's yeah. the twist. And am, am I right to think, is that based off that stupid, not it stupid, is. that blog that got, I kind of felt bad for that guy. He wrote a blog <laughs> and yeah. then it blew up and right. he was just, he was just a guy right. who wrote a blog about how marriage wasn't for him. I kind of got the vibe that he didn't like his wife. <laughs> yeah. But I, yours was so funny because the way you had just written it and then the twist, but I like her. And that was almost in that vein of like when we worked at Starbucks where you have like a very clean cut look to you, but it was almost like a 1920s twist. Uh-huh. Here's it's like get your jollies on i like her right yeah (laughs) or no you like you said i don't like her but i love her it was like i like it was such a funny twist and it made me slayed me how did you get involved for funny or die oh well funny or die i'm just i just uh freely submit my stuff to there and um it uh anyone can do that and uh i've been putting more stuff up on there and uh it's been getting some pretty good feedback one of my uh articles got uh, 15,000 views. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, wow. it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's great. I think it's just, uh, it, I don't know. Somebody, my roommate recently told me that he, he works at a bar and somebody from Buzzfeed was there and he showed her one of my articles. Um, and, uh, she said I should start submitting my stuff to Buzzfeed. Wow. Just 
nobody really looks at funny or die, which is kind of, I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's, I don't know, it's hard to, I'm just try, trying to get, put more stuff on like user-generated sites. Yeah. Kind of, uh, hopefully if it's funny and people like it, then that's, it'll just take off. Well, the importance of the slow burn. Right. You don't want to write your first thing. Like that kid, or he, he wasn't trying to say, you write one thing and then a billion people read it, and then tomorrow no one knows who you are. Right. You don't want that. You want the slow 15,000 reads to 20,000, like the slow climb. Sure, like, yeah. Like what we're doing with the podcast, and with, we'll get to your podcast, obviously. Like it's not good. Like I remember even thinking like me and Mike, my co-host, were talking at one point about like, that would be so cool if we got someone really famous. And I thought about it. I was like, that would actually really suck if we got someone famous. Because you would have a huge boom of people, traffic coming in, right. not know what the show is, and then look at all the other names of nobodies. Right. No insult to our guests, but they're friends, <laughs> they're friends and families. Bunch and of nobodies. Yeah, fucking nobodies. But, and then it would almost be over. We would right. have that huge burst of like yeah. a bunch of downloads and like, who are these people? And then, you'd, and then your podcast would almost be over. Right. Well, I think you would have to hope that the people who check out that one episode like you guys enough to yeah. come back and keep listening. I like the idea of the building of something. Yeah. And especially something like a podcast. Like, and all honesty, we could have zero downloads. No, actually, no. We could always have at least four because I have a phone and Mike has a phone. We both have computers. Mm-hmm. So we always cut off four because we know that's us. Right. So we could have four downloads and that would be it. Right. And we are so aware of that. And we don't. Like, yeah. We've been consistently sure. getting like... Uh, we one of, We've almost had 600 downloads and we started... Late with iTunes, uh-huh. which I think was a mis- not a mistake. It was growing, growing pains. Right. So we can't even track our first like eight episodes. Sure. So if we're we're not sure to can for two guys who are nobody interviewing friends and family. We are astonished that anyone listens. Yeah, that's great. I um I really like that. I think I don't think I've ever heard a podcast where they're. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, where it's just interviews with people who are just. I hate to say just people, but like just, just, just the regulars, <laughs> as they would call yeah. Jenna Maroney would call them on uh, <laughs> Thirty Rock, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know, they're not like Paul F. Tompkins. Or oh, please, that's what know? we want to get yeah, to. That would that's, be, that'd be cool. that's the goal. At some point, is to get to a point. I want to build up a, a, a thing where we can uh, people who are looking to promote things yeah. come through, and yeah, that's yeah, what we're sure. slowly trying to build towards. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I like that about your show. And I like that there's oh, thank you. no uh, there's no rules, really. I think that's what I wanted to do when I, when Natalia, who, is, who I do my podcast with. Well, we should say, you, we'll, we'll plug it, too, in the intro. But you do cultural icons. Yeah. Which so much work has to go into that. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, But your writing comes out. Your personality is coming out. Like, ours is, we, we're very happy with what we do. But it's more of just, like, uh I'm just. I think I'm naturally have the gift of gab. I'll right. Give myself that credit. But your show, like you could actually tell, you are working really hard. Yeah, it's and um, it's so funny though. By the way, it's um, it's so great. Yeah, no, I, I love it. When we were coming up with the concept of the show, which I guess uh, just like quickly explain it to your to your listeners, it's like a NPR uh, fresh air kind of pair style show. It's a parody of that, or um, has elements of that. It, and, it, I feel like I listen to your show as a, when I say a show because a lot of podcasting terms are just being stolen from old media. Your show is really a show because there's now a through story. There's like a kind of a thread of a storyline of uh, you and um, Andine. Right, yeah. And, uh, we play um, characters named uh, Elliot P. Gershwin and Andine <laughs> St. Leventhal, who are uh, uh, award-winning broadcasters who have been uh, in broadcasting for 27 years. And, and you created a character. Yeah, and we 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 interview uh, improvisers and comedians from New York and 
not just in New York, but currently just from New York. And they play real life celebrities. Like our latest episode, we did uh, we interviewed Ben and Ben and Jerry. Oh, dude, that was so funny. Thanks. Yeah, I really so liked that one a lot. Funny. Um, so uh, that's kind of uh, that's what we do, and uh, it's it's improvised. Uh, the interview is improvised, um, and we uh, it's kind of just uh, it exists in a kind of weird uh, alternate universe to this. Yeah, but I think when we were first coming up with the the show, that one. I'm sorry, but that thing with Dave Grohl who gets mad at the Raptor because you guys get bought out by Clear Channel. Yeah, and because you couldn't sell three tote bags. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's got this Colbert-esque element. But yeah, there's like, your show has gotten like a real through line to it, where it's almost more of a show than a podcast. It's a podcast, but it's almost like a radio play. I would kind of, like, there's like a through line, which I I love about it. Like, so I'm always curious, how much work do you guys put into your episodes? Because there's no way you're coming up with that stuff like that. I'm sure you could, but your answers are so spot on NPR. Right. And so, it's, oh my God. The, the Raptor. Whoever that guy is, you just tell him, yeah. good fucking job, because he slayed me. His name is uh, TJ Del Reno. He's a comedian in New York, and he's, I think, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with Shane and Ryan, he's kind of like an, an alpha male kind of dude, but for some reason, he's really good at making fun of that kind of guy. Like Rob Riggle is yeah, good at that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, like, you wouldn't think... I don't want to say you wouldn't think he'd be funny from meeting him, but like you would think he'd have a bro sense of humor or something. Mm-hmm. But he's very good at uh, at kind of undercutting his uh, his image um, and making fun of that kind of person. Uh, yeah, like that character was just so much fun to do. We had a uh, <laughs> he was like a parody of a late night FM uh, radio, yeah. alternative rock that radio type. station kind of. Shock job. Am I, am I correct to say this podcast you're doing now isn't your first go around of the old podcast track? You did a different one. That we did. A, we did a podcast, uh, but it was just it was like an imp- improvised. We did improvised scenes in this improv group I was in a couple of years ago, and we put them up on SoundCloud. But uh, it was hard. It was hardly a podcast. This is um, yes. This is something we really. I mean, Natalia and I we we talked about this for months. Before are you we writing part? Are you guys partners outside of that? Uh, this is kind of what we do. Uh, this is just all we do, kind of right now. But uh, yeah, we've we've collaborated in the past on on some things. We were on improv teams together. She's so. great as well. Yeah, like she made a gentle little mutilation joke, and I don't know how she made it so funny. <laughs> I give right. her yeah. so much credit for. Yeah, we um we often we'll just like go out to eat and we'll talk about like who these characters are: Elliot P. Gershon, Andy and Saint Leventhal. And I think we have this idea that they're just they're so non-sexual that they actually don't have yeah they're so just kind of asexual that they're just i kind of build like a relationship with the characters now yeah in my view of them it's almost like they're those characters in the background of uh like woody allen's annie hall or like manhattan like upper west side (laughs) repressed sexual beings right who didn't know dave grohl was yeah that's right and then you could hear them backtrack well uh, we uh actually Listened to you this morning, and we were very impressed. Right, but yeah, they're yeah. just that upper echelon of New York socialites. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's I, it's so great. Yeah. Everyone should be listening to that show first. Thank off. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, uh, cultural icons. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I, we really talked about it for. I think we're still developing the show. Really, I think the the episode you're referring to with the Raptor. We try to keep the shows between like 
30 and 40 minutes now but like when we first started we weren't really sure what we wanted it to be and we're still i think if you listen to the show 10 episodes from now it'll be completely different than it is now. yeah it was developing yeah we think we're just live developing it um but isn't it great we live in a world where we don't have to wait for a gatekeeper to let us do something and cut the cartilage yeah like if we made up a television pilot or a radio thing we had to go through some other things like even this podcast like me and mike are the the and and you and, and natalia like it it's you Right, and yeah. if you don't like it, you don't do it, and right. it's it, it's just so great. Obviously, those downsides we're not making any money, sure, but we're not doing this to make money. It's it's just really just a passion project, right? Yeah, absolutely. And but you get to develop your voice, right? Because imagine if you had to answer to somebody like I couldn't handle that, right? Don't yeah. tell me what to do with my podcast. <laughs> Mike is the only person who has a say that I will listen to, and right. vice versa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, you have the same vision, which right? Is, very yeah. unique to find in life. I think it was interesting, actually, when Natalia and I were talking about it, we actually had a lot of disagreements that I, I think she won every one of them, actually. And I, I'm totally glad that she fought yeah, for her. Yeah, me and Mike have been there before. Yeah, like, but I find those disagreements have turned into so many things that make it better. Or yeah, the, definitely. The, the, the conversation is brought up and the new ideas. Right. Like, for example, for us, Mike... Um, I was doing like long title names because I just thought it was really fun, right. and Mike was really um, and I, the idea of doing short names. And wow. it's such a really small thing; we didn't really argue about it. And because one episode I did, it was called "A Tribute to Geek Girls," and I was and so I kind of thought about it. And I look at Lisbon one day, which is our host site for our downloads. And whenever people are downloading our episodes, you could see um, a new episode go up. We were getting our old ones getting downloaded too. Oh, Very okay. exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. But there was one episode that was kept getting skipped and it was because the name was a tribute to geek girls instead of just the, the two girls' names. Right. Jerry Marks and Victoria yeah. Percentage. So I was like, damn, like... And he was right. And right. now that episode, every time since I've changed that name, gets downloaded. Really? Yeah. So you, you changed the name of so that and, Instead now. of doing a titled episode, unless it's just the two of us, I'll, that, that's kind of like I'll put up a fun name for it. Right. But if it's with a guest, we just do the name. And then it also, Mike was so right because if you search in iTunes for their names, uh-huh. they only search the first – the not the description doesn't go into the iTunes or Google Play, however you do it on Androids. Uh-huh. Searches, it's only your title. Okay. So if you're Andrew Costa, but if I put this up as a, a talk with Andrew from Cultural Icons, if I type in Andrew Costa to iTunes, they can't find your episode. Right, okay. And Mike was 100% right. I lost the argument, and it worked out better. Yeah, wow. That's, that's... And if it was just me, that would have never happened, and I would have never. I would have been so stubborn. So it's nice having the yin and yang. Right, yeah. I, f- I found an old promo flyer that I made when when we were um, developing the show and it said cultural icons with Andrew Costa and Natalia Plaza and I remembered that originally we were going to be doing a like a Stephen Colbert style thing where we were going to play versions of ourselves and then Natalia was like no let's we need names this is more like a radio play like we should be playing yeah. characters we should have a new name like an NPR style name and I was I, re- I think I just because I just really wanted to push my own name or something. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. an ego thing or something. But I was like, no, please, like let's let's do like our names, you know. And then mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally glad we changed our names. Mm-hmm. I feel I I feel like I can disappear more into the character. This is so Connecticut of us that we both thought of examples where we were wrong and so self deprecated. Right. <laughs> I should have thought of an example where Mike was wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's been many. No, right. Damn it, Mike, and you're so right all the time. Yeah. But that's really great. Yeah. That's so great. And well, I can think of an I can think of an example where I was right. I can't think of any for me. But let's hear one for you. Um, Take I, that, Natalia. I'm we sure, were, I've never met her. I'm sure she's wonderful. Yeah. Well, when we went, like going to what you were saying about the episode titles. Um, 
we always list the name of the improviser before we list who they're playing. And I th- I, that was my idea. I wanted it to be, because I wanted it to, it to appeal to the New York UCB community. I want them mm-hmm. to see these names and be like, oh, these are people I know or I've heard yeah, of or whatever. Yeah. And um, I think she wanted it to be flipped where instead of saying uh, Sean Casey and Santa Claus, say Santa Claus and Sean Casey. And mm. like I think most people know from the, I don't know if you have the podcast app on your phone. Yeah, I have an iPhone, so that's yeah. how I... Um, yeah. Like you can't see, like you can only see maybe like, what, like seven or eight characters yeah, that, that's before thing. it just yeah. disappears. Um, so it would just say like Santa Claw or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, but that I knew enough to look at the description and right. see what it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure, I know there's times where I've made Mike and I've been on opposite of things, but but it always works out. I, I love having a sounding board because believe it or not, I'm not always right. Right. Shocked. I'm aware. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. And it's fun, too, especially, I think, maybe 24, 25. And if, I mean, I fortunately, I got to go to college and live at college. But if you don't have that experience, mm-hmm. it's very hard to meet people after a certain age. Yes, it is. That's like, true. It's just like it wouldn't be cultural, socially appropriate if I came to your house today after not seeing you for a number of years and sat in your bedroom and just talked. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's totally true. And it's yeah. no one's fault. It's just it's just not the way our culture is wired. That's another reason I love doing cultural icons because I would never... I mean, most of these improvisers would never take time out of their day to collaborate with me in some and way. And it's not of their fault. It's not of their not, fault. I mean, it just I just don't have as much of a name as these people, but yeah. um, it's great because it's an opportunity for me to like work with people who are like on such a higher level than me. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know, because we give them... The, the just the place where they can kind of do their thing and push whatever thing they're plugging that week. Well, I really like that you uh, you let people play. Yeah, sure. Like I think you and Natalia have kind of come in, laid down the groundwork, and you're like, come in, we'll set up a safe space, and you can come and play, and we'll make you sound good. Like, right. no, you're Santa Claus. Whoever did Santa Claus. First of all, I, I should just go through all your episodes. They're all wonderful. Everyone you've had on there is so funny. Oh, the first you. one I listened to, the think about the Lazy Susan. Oh yeah, the whistling, whistling Susan. <laughs> yeah, and whoever I don't know their names. See, I know the characters because I'm not like they're not people I actually know. Um, uh, the Jennifer Lawrence one, she sounded like Jennifer Lawrence. And at one point, I was actually starting to think. I was like, huh, I have never seen Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, was it Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, in the yeah. same room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, huh, that's a good point. I was like, wait, this is a joke. Yeah, it's just so great. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that the Santa Claus episode was the first episode we did, and before the we started recording, we were just talking. And we were saying, "Yeah, you know, let's it 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 can definitely get gross, and we can go blue, but let you know, it's not like we don't have to." And then within like ten minutes, I think we were talking about a farting dick or something. Yeah, so. well, you know, it's kind of nice. We're not FCC regulated, so we right. have that freedom. That's true. That is totally I was like, true. I don't. I can say fuck all I want, and I do. Yeah, I swear quite a lot. Yeah, but that's how I talk in real life too. I'm fortunate, like even like at work, it's just we have that kind of like you can say swear words in front of certain people. Sure, you know we just have that casual relationship. Like, and and I'm really fortunate. I like my I have a really the people I find listen the most is like my colleagues and coworkers. Or most of the people I've been on are just friends from work. Uh huh. Like I'd love to be on a podcast. Some of these people would never have that up myself included. I would never have that opportunity. No one's ever asked me to be on a podcast before. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is the only way it's ever going to happen. Hmm. And so it's, it's been a ton of fun. I think you guys are, your thing is brilliant. The, 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 what you guys have going on is brilliant because I think people love to, talk about themselves. I think everybody oh, yeah. has a fantasy of being interviewed. I think yeah. That's why people fill out those, um, 
remember back in like the MySpace days, there yep. were those interview things where it was like, uh, what would it say? It would say like 37 uh, places, things you don't know about me. Yeah, Repost exactly. if you yeah could, totally. If you're truly my friend. Yeah. I think and one of the, and they always got a little kind of oddly sexual towards the end. Right. Yeah. Places to have sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh, and then, but the question before is like, what's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or like that's, what's that other website where you can ask people anonymous questions? Remember that? I forget Ooh, what it was called. Formspring. Was it called Formspring? I never used the, heard of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there was another thing you could do. It was like a quiz that you could post, and it asked you all these really sexual questions. Right. And then it was supposed to be anonymous, but if you set it up, it would send it to your email directly, and you could put it on MySpace. Right. It's really evil. Yeah, yeah. And ever since the episode of Scrubs where Dr. Kelso gave Carla and Elliot the um, review of his job and only gave it to them so they could find out what they really think about him, right. I have been very wary of anything oh, ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Scrubs. Yeah, I have be a, careful with that I love stuff. television. Yeah, it's I um, never got into Scrubs, but I've, I've heard uh, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Scrubs, which I, I didn't yeah. realize it was apparently a good show. Apparently, yeah, yeah, I got hooked on that real early on. Oh yeah, um, have you, do you find so you guys like recorded a studio? Is that just because you live here and you're able to? Yeah, I think it's because we don't we have sm- like small bits of money uh, uh, every now and then, but we never have like a large amount of money to. Yeah. buy a studio or buy like the recording equipment like yeah. you have and also I, I, as I said on the show the reason I was even able to jump into this I had gotten married and you get like people give you money sure and I, I set out like a small thing and it was literally between starting a podcast and buying a PlayStation 3 uh-huh. yeah yeah I <laughs> so, said that yeah and, uh, I made the right choice because like I'm like I like experiences and I really thought it through I was like this will give me experiences right yeah like you know I mean I got to drive through Manhattan today for the second time in my entire life yeah, and com- just coming here, like I was more equally excited as co- a to see you and record with you, which I've been ecstatic about. I was like, oh, "Look at me! I'm I have a podcast for fun, and I'm going to New York. I'm traveling. I'm going to be in New York a day. I wouldn't be in New York. Well, and maybe, that's maybe you would have been bringing over your PlayStation. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play a game that you. I, I I play PlayStation for six months. I get bored of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just how I am. So like, it's been great. This is the gift that keeps giving. That must feel really cool to go to a studio and meet an improviser oh, yeah. at a different level. They're always impressed by the place, too. They always go, where wow, you, this is... Can you say where you record? Yeah, it's oh, a sorry. recording studio called Sound Clash Studios, and it's Wait, right in the heart of, like, the improv district. Wait, Sound... You haven't heard of it. It's on, like, the eighth floor of a... No, I, a friend of mine... Oh, I think he worked at Smash Studios. Okay, I don't know. I met the Strokes there once. Yeah, okay. I think it's kind of by Madison Square Garden. Okay, interesting. Okay, no, a yeah. friend of a friend worked at, I think it was either, when you said that, I was like, that sounds familiar. I highly doubt it was the same one. But. And I'm pretty sure this place records exclusively hip-hop music and our podcast. That's it. Huh. They do hip-hop music and our podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I think they're kind of confused why we're going there. They're Just cheap? Uh, yeah, I think it's just great prices um, it's for two hours. It's Seventy dollars, and Natalia and I split that. And then, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, we always get the guests like coffee and water, and stuff, yeah, and yeah. We split the cost of that too. Yeah, we usually like have beer. I, I actually bought some beer. If you want a beer, I have. I actually don't I drink. Don't, I, yeah, I was wondering. I you know like that's ever. something I think. I you know, and I don't. I don't mean to make myself sound like someone who drinks a lot, but I think that's something that I remember about when I was working at Meriden Starbucks yeah. is that I thought it was cool. I think I heard that maybe you were straight edge or something. No, 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 no. Like you used never, to be? No. Nope. Nope, never? Okay. Well, never on purpose. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. I was um, I was either in a, what we'd call a dry spell okay. yeah. <laughs> of sexual activity. Okay. <laughs> or And uh, I don't smoke cigarettes because they're disgusting and they smell and they're expensive. And I don't do drugs. And I just don't really drink a lot because I just don't really... Sure. Like it a ton. So I guess I was unofficially straight edge. 
Right. Interesting. But I do drink sometimes. Just I never get drunk. Yeah. Like this big four day party weekend, I had a total of three alcoholic beverages. Right. Total. That's how you also know that you're not a big drinker is when you refer to them as alcoholic beverages. Yeah, yeah. Like I had two hard ciders at a bar. I got at a. I got to the bar. There's a bar slash venue at the Court Tavern on Friday night for my friend's band to play, and the star started at nine. But my friend, we got there early so we could. My really close friend Dan. Um, so my friend Ryan, and I got there, and so I was there from seven a.m. to t- for seven p.m. to two a.m. Two drinks the entire night. Yeah, yeah. And then last night I had one beer at a concert. Right, yeah. And that's about as much as I'll drink. Yeah, I'm conflicted uh, when it comes to drinking alcohol. I I think it's... It's great. It's great. It can really enhance a, a, a situation. Um, yeah, it can go the other way so easily. It can, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've seen it destroy a lot of my friends. Uh, yeah. And um, I was lucky in high school, I considered myself straight edge, but looking back, I was... It was just out of circumstance. I uh, just had a bunch of friends who didn't drink and didn't smoke. And because of that, I think it just turned into this echo chamber where we like encouraged each other not to do that. And we would, our, our form of hanging out was, we'd, you know, we'd, our form of rebellion was just like staying up all night and like walking from each other's houses yeah. and like in like the rain and stuff. And it was like, Take I mean, that, I, I think I remember feeling more drunk back then than I have from drinking, you know, just yeah. on kind of like, it sounds cheesy, but that high on life kind of, yeah, like, no, I always was fun, sober guy. Yeah, totally. And I remember everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially when people get sloppy. Yeah. I don't really like drunk people. Yeah. No, drunk people are, um, the I, worst. I, I always say, I don't, I don't even like talking to drunk people when I'm drunk, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, they're just not. And last fun. night everyone was getting a little, it was uh, not no everyone was so appropriate and someone fine but everyone got like a little emotional drunk last night right, yeah. a lot of hugging yeah <laughs> but the weird thing is I'm sober mm-hmm. and when like my friend like John the singer of Folly or oh, I was talking to a game and we were just talking about all the knowing each other for like 13 years of just through the band go and we've hung out outside of the work a couple times and I was just talking to him like I was getting emotional but I was sober as shit yeah and sure. he was just a little couple and he should he just played a show in front of a sold out crowd fucking killed it like that high uh-huh. and there and i was like oh game it was always you guys were they were always really nice to me uh-huh. and i was just like a young high school kid who was just in love with that band and like i invited him to the diner i booked him once and i invited him to the diner in 2003 uh-huh. and they came and that formed a friendship and i was like yeah, you guys always were just really nice to me and like kind of let me live out that because i always wanted to be a musician but i can't play anything i can't sing anything uh-huh. but they'd always let me like um, they played the CBGBs once, and I went down to see them. And the singer John let me run on stage and sing a chorus at the CBGBs. Uh-huh. One of the best moments of my entire life. So I always got to like have this vicariously awesome. like live that lifestyle a little bit through them. And so I was, like, you sang a chorus at CBGBs? Yeah, just the chorus That's... of the song. <laughs> That's I'm great. not a singer. I can't even sing. He didn't yeah. have to. He didn't have to do that. So I was like talking to a game, and I was like, "You guys were always just really nice." And he's like, "It was a really beautiful moment." He stopped. He paused. He was holding a beer. He looked at me, made like a smile. He goes, "Come here." I love you. I was like, I love you. And I was like, I'm sober. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be telling, but I've always been like that. I'm just no, like, I mean, I, I, I hug men and yeah. I'm a, I come from an Italian family where all the men, you greet each other with a kiss on the lips and I love you. Yeah. But if they were to make fun of you for anything, you just knock them out. I mean, not me, but somebody else. Right. Yeah. I'm not very tough. No, I mean, if you can't access those feelings without alcohol, yeah. you have a problem. But I think, I think there's also something to be said about, Alcohol enhancing those feelings a little bit. Yeah, I had a then. beer, so I maybe a little, a little, little tiny buzz. Yeah, I've been drunk. It's just not something I love. Yeah, I, I like you know I like just like having a beer with friends. 
like sitting on my floor listening to records like what maybe like yeah. me and two other people you know i don't i never got into that like i i don't even to this day i don't like most bars i think they're I like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but when you're sitting around with friends and drinking the beer, like, I'm um, always open about my atheism on the uh, podcast. But uh-huh. I think the thing about I like when going, it's the rituals that you miss when you're not of a religious faith. It's the ritualistic stuff you miss out on. And there's something ritualistic about being with people, drinking the same beverage, and right. doing the same thing. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to bars and I don't drink. Right. I get soda. Like, it's just, just something yeah. about. Or have a drink. It's just something about it. Right. I love that feeling of the connectedness of right. like sitting around and listening to a record. Oh my God, that's like the best. Yeah. Like it's, especially when you find that band that you feel like it's your band and in your pocket and you're like, you guys don't even know this is going to unleash on the world. Right. Yeah, totally. It's a great, it's a great thing. I love, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love that, that just that three P. I mean, that was what it was when we went to the Pete and Pete locations that it was just, me that's your thing. People. Yeah. We only, all of us only had one beer each and we yeah. just got just sentimental enough where it was like, it takes away the bullshit almost. Yeah. And sometimes when you hold it in your hand is enough to take away that. I could say this because just the archetype of how male is supposed to be uh-huh. and you can put alcohol in your hand and then you can be like, kind of let your guard down a little. Sure. And like, yeah. even like my friends, Dan Ryan, who I've known for years, uh-huh. Or they had a little bit of a couple of drinks last night, as they should have. It was a great night. I drove home. Everyone was safe. They were so emotional. Yeah. And they were so sweet. And they tell <laughs> me the things that you just don't tell people. Like, the only other day I've ever been that emotional with people was, like, the day I got married. Like, Dan was one of my groomsmen. And, like, my cousin Nick, who's one of my groomsmen, is like, is like he's like, no one's really. He's like, Chris, come here. I just got to tell you that you're a brother to me and I love you. Yeah. yeah. And that's not going to happen again. And I've always knew he felt that way. Uh-huh. There's no alcohol, but it was just that energy. Sure. So I feel like there's just something about being a male when you have alcohol, you can act a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, Even totally. for females. Well, I guess the, the bad stereotype is the get drunk. That episode of Family Guy. Uh-huh. Like when they all ignore her drunk girl at the party. Oh, my God, I love this song. And right. then she falls to the yeah, record yeah. player. I think... That's what's kind of scary about alcohol is that it's very easy to get super excited when you're drinking. Yeah. And, like, turn into that person who is, like, oh, I love this song. Turn yeah. it up. You I'm know? usually like that without alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I worked this job up in Vermont. I worked over, uh, in a summer program for, like, a, uh, it was a, kind of like an academic summer camp. It was the end of the couple – towards the end of the summer. We all went to the bar, and we all had drink. I, I, I was even drunk a little. And I had this amazing conversations with someone, and we talked kind of like like almost like pre podcast. So like we sat down for an hour, fifteen minutes, just had this amazing conversation. I felt so close and connected to this human being. And the next day, I saw him. I was like, "Hey, Sean, how you doing?" He's like, "Good." He's like, "Oh, last night was great, huh?" He's like, "What happened last night?" Right. I was like, "Oh, yeah." I want my hour back. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I feel like. I've been meeting a lot of people who have just bad memories, even without alcohol. Like, yeah, they don't have a, And it, to, to me, there's nothing more frustrating than remembering some moment that was very meaningful to you and being like, dude, remember when you said this and they don't remember it? That's you know? usually me, yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I'm obsessive about details, and I actually keep a, a list in my phone, uh, in my, my notes on my iPhone, of uh, like it's like almost like a micro journal. Every, everything yeah, I do. That's so cool. And I want to. I just kind of 
I'm obsessive about filing everything. Like I write down the title of every movie I, I saw, I've seen wow. um, in the last three years. I've been doing this. I've, I've oh, I love you're doing your end of the year movie reviews. Oh yeah, I do that. Um, I actually, I really, I really do enjoy that. Oh, yeah. You're someone who uses social media in a non-annoying way, and you're very good at it. Oh, thank you. Some yeah. people are horrible. I think I used to be worse at it, but uh, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I, even every now and then I'll I'll do something that I think is terrible. Like I'll post some like political. Th- Opinion or something on on, yeah. on Facebook, and then within ten minutes, I delete it. You know, my favorite thing to do is if someone does something like political on Facebook, and then people are having that argument, I just go on there. I write, I disagree, and I never check it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come back a week later, and there's like a hundred posts telling oh, yeah. you why you're wrong, even if you agree with them. It's just why yeah, I just yeah. love to watch people go ape shit. Oh, I used to get in a lot of political arguments on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I would uh, other people's friends. I would see people who I'm friends with commenting on something else. And I would, it wouldn't even be a friend of mine. And I yeah. would go into that conversation. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, and start attacking someone. And I, sometimes I'd say uh, things about their, like, profile picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But we were younger, so I think we had those growing pains where adults are now doing that. But they're adults. And they look weird because they're 50 or 60 years old. And they, I always say that adults are the new teenagers on the Internet. Right. Like, I have... A, some family, extended family members, my parents are actually very good at the internet, who like do that and they act like 13-year-old kids, but that's also like they are teenagers in Facebook. That's interesting, yeah. I was actually just talking about that last night with a friend of mine about how, do you remember a couple of years ago when everybody's Facebooks were being fished? And What's that mean? It was like your Facebook would get fished and then it would like send Oh yeah, people, yeah. Like advertisements through the messages yeah. or something, and it was happening in your like emails too. Yeah, I remember the the people, all 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 the people in my age group who would receive those advertisements would just respond back like, "Hey, your profile's been fished. Change your password." Mm-hmm. Um, but all of my aunts and uncles and relatives and stuff would respond back as if I was actually sending them. Yep, like, something about. <laughs> You know, it was like, it was always yeah. like for like a probiotic smoothie or something, you know, like Thanks, a new... Andrew, I'll try those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they would always be like, I'm clicking the link, but it's not, le- it's not bringing me to a page. What am I doing wrong? Your you know? computer's like... now been owned by someone <laughs> yeah. in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, and God, there's, there's something funny. kind of like funny about that generational gap, I guess. They're just... I think they're catching up now. Yeah. Well, then you use media, social media, like, I mean, if you're going to be... Do you, so do you consider yourself a performer or a writer, like I don't know how to. It's so weird when people want you to define yourself as things. Yeah, I, I, I think I would, I would describe myself as a, a aspiring comedy writer and a, yeah. a performer, um, com- a comedy performer. Uh, I do some, I do some thing, uh, character performances and stuff that you can see on my website, andrewcostacomedy.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I've done some stuff in the past, uh, some performances and stuff. I make some funny videos and. YouTube and mostly just write, write. Things. And you started at UCB. How far did you get into the UCB classes? Uh, I'm I'm in the advanced improv program. Still? Uh, yeah. Once oh, you're cool. in, you're always in. Oh, that's really great. So you classes. can always pop in. And yeah. Have cool. you ever been? So I just hear all these stories of these amazing people showing up at a comedy club or UCB in New York. Mm-hmm. Have you had any of those experiences where you just been there for a regular show and like Nick Offerman or Seinfeld or Aziz just show up and just do like a one-off or something? I remember in 2008. I went to Whiplash, which is a stand-up. Did you see that show. documentary that came yeah, out about there's it? There's a documentary Split on Slider now. Yeah, I'm gonna actually buy it. Um, and it it actually is a great show. Um, it's midnight every Monday, maybe eleven o'clock every Monday, and it's free. 
And I, that's the show I used to go to all the time in 2008. And I went one time with my friend Nolan. And in one show, it was... And this is 2008, so most of these people aren't, at, weren't as famous as they are now. Yeah. But in one show, it was Jim Gaffigan, Aziz Ansari, oh. Oh Zach God. Galifianakis, John Mulaney, and Janine Garofalo, I think. It was, this is one show. And, I mean, you know, this was back when... If you knew who Aziz Ansari was, you were kind of like an insider stand-up fan. I mean, something. so that's like purified air. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was crazy. But it's free. Yeah, it was. It was that's what I love about comedy. Like, it's always about keeping it like to the people. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Yeah, it was. I mean, a, the, any of those people's tickets at that time or now? Or I just saw Aziz. I actually just spent a lot, a fair amount of money to see Aziz Ansari do stand up. Oh, yeah. worth every penny. Uh, at Providence, played at the Vets Theater, which is not a comedy club; it's a theater. Oh yeah! Like all the advert, I've been there for the film festival, the uh, fence, and the other advertisement. Like the next show was like classical m- music. That's awesome. Uh, he killed it. Yeah, I think I think the smarter comedians know that uh, performing in a comedy club is sometimes like the worst thing the you can worst do. Worst place. Yeah, it's the worst. I like place the alt room comedy. mentality. I yeah, mean, I don't know yeah. the Providence comedy scene. I'm starting to slowly kind of look into it. I wanted, I, I want to take an improv class. I, just for the sake of being more comfortable, like working, like we always get like feedback, and one of the things is like being able to respond to things like the in the moment, and I feel like improv is something that can teach you right. how to. Because I've, I've been looking into it; it just sounds like a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, meet I, people. I would recommend it to anybody, and I, you know, I think I was talking earlier, and I was kind of making fun of people who take the class who are just actors and want it on the resume. But yeah. I would recommend it to anyone. It's a lot of fun, and it it it's uh, it it makes you think differently about interactions and i think the most valuable thing is maybe just like the emphasis on hard listening which i think yeah. is super important and uh you know i know so many people in just my daily interactions who are you know you can have a great conversation with them but they're not you know they'll the, there's a lot of interrupting or like you can tell they're not fully listening to you and i think that's super beneficial is like i think to be somebody who is good at having a conversation you have to do more listening, you know? Than- yeah. Even just doing the podcast, I listen back to myself, and I was like, oh, I interrupt so much. And yeah, yeah, It's yeah. learning. I do that, too. I mean, things. yeah. I, you know, there's entire bits. When I'm listening back to the Cultural Icons podcast and editing the podcast, there's entire sentences and stuff where it could have went in this interesting direction if I listened harder to that one sentence. But, uh, you know, I just I was thinking about what's my ne- next question going to be or whatever. Sorry, um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do, so wait, you have uh, you have to meet some people for. <laughs> oh no, I'm fine. Okay. I was just shocked that that was an hour and a half. Okay. I, yeah. We we're not done. I mean, we could keep going. I was just like, oh, I was like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, that went really quick. Oh, yeah. Did that feel like an hour and a half to you? Because I feel hour and a half. Hour yeah, twenty six. Crazy. No. Yeah, I feel like we just sat down and. I know. I feel like I'm. I'm. I also feel like I'm speaking very quickly. Maybe it's because I've had a lot of coffee. But yeah. I feel no. Like I love that you're talking a lot because I would assume that guests don't want to hear me talk. People who listen to the show hear me talk enough. I, I would disagree. I think I, I like your show because I listen for you and Mike. Thanks. You know? I um, hate I my do. voice. And then, you know, most of your guests are pretty interesting, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Even no, though just they're kidding. just regular people. They're regulars. Yeah. Like when we did our, our second episode with uh, Brandon Fishwick, and um, the first two episodes, we didn't know how to do it, and I didn't feel comfortable just sitting down talking with people. Right. So I wrote out, like, Tons and tons of questions, uh-huh. and I listened back to his ep- the Brandon episode, which he did a f- fantastic job, and um, I just cut him off so many times. He'd say this great thought, and I was like, uh huh, and I wouldn't be paying attention to him because I was very focused on what to say next. Right, and I was like, okay, 
what do you think about Barack Obama? Right. Instead of letting him continue that thought. Yeah. yeah. And um, they, we're so lucky to have people come out in our infancy. Oh, we're still in our infancy. Mm. Like, just so early on and just be like, sure, I'll come do it. And just, and Brandon's just a good friend of mine. Like, we just work together and we're looking at excuses to hang out. And now, like, I, I hang out with him every Saturday. Sometimes yeah. we watch Adventure Time after work. That's awesome. He's just such a cool dude. Yeah, I think not listening in a conversation is because you it's a, it's for, it, it's born out of a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. You're not you don't think that it will naturally be good if you just let it go. So you're in your head, you're thinking, okay, I have to save this. What am I going to say next to be sound interesting, or you know, what's my next question going to be? That's at least for me. I think yeah. it's just like. But it, when I uh, yeah, the the it works the best when I just like give up and just give in to the to the you know conversation like, in my job we always kind of mockingly make fun of we do these uh, trainings on advanced responding skills uh-huh but they're actually really great and i hate ever giving into that that sounds and, super corporate what is the advanced responding, responding skills? skills and it's like just li- it's really it's really simple but it's just listening to people and right kind of almost paraphrasing what they say to make people feel heard and That's it's cool really, yeah it's actually really great and it's like it does feel that way but like Damn, this is good. Right. And even when I kind of joking said, in the moment, I think there's that saying, it's like the past is anxiety. I can't remember what I was going to say. But um, but yeah, part of that is too, is like it's hard to get out of your own head. Yeah, it is. And so it's it, it's one of the best parts of the podcast. Like uh, phones are off. I'm not paying attention. Right now when we're doing this, the world doesn't matter. Uh-huh. I don't care about anything. Yeah, sure. It's so rare where I could feel like I'm just in the moment. And it's my own fault. It's not society. I can't just sit down and watch TV. I'm always playing on my phone because I'm just very compulsive. <laughs> right. I could just turn off my phone, but I don't. Right. I just, I'm just like that. And it's so nice. I feel like uh, listen, my love of podcasts has turned into almost reactionary of everything was turned into Twitter and micro, micro, micro. Sure. And I kind of went the other way of like falling in love. Like I will literally listen to a three hour podcast. Oh, me too. Yeah. I love super long podcasts. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, big fan. I love the idea of just, and I think this also goes back to like the, the importance of the community of watching a movie together. It's that aspect of just sitting down, shutting up and just giving into the thing. And the, the, mm-hmm. the, the movie and or the, you know, the three hour podcast and just like just not yeah getting out of your head and just, you know, letting trusting that that will take over and be interesting. And uh, every yeah, everything's super, uh, you know, short micro, you know, vines and stuff. I guess yeah, I don't find <laughs> out of date uh, reference. But. No, may, may this might be an assumption, but is it OK to assume that you read Chuck Klosterman? Uh, I have read some of his stuff. But, I, I like uh, him a lot. But he yeah. had, an, I think it's kind of an equation in the book, uh, Killing Yourself to Live, uh-huh. of uh, music is motion, and like how at different speeds of motion you have to have different things to listen to. And now like for like a, a three-hour podcast, I need like a three-hour drive. Right. Like um, My wife and I one time drove to Astoria uh-huh. from Providence, put on Pete Holmes' You Made It Weird with a John Hanna episode. Uh-huh. Done. Three was hours. It a John Hamm episode? Yeah, okay. it's it an older I one. I've seen, I think I've heard that it's one. Very good one. Yeah. And then there was one we were coming back from Niagara Falls to Providence. I put on Joe Rogan podcast with Greg Proops. Oh, I love Greg Proops. I think from like Syracuse to Albany. Done. Yeah. Just three hours of my life. Zoned right into that moment. Yeah, he's one of my favorite podcast guests. Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, I have. Who else is. You? Your favorite, who are your favorite guests? Because I think <laughs> I have those too. I, I don't know. It's I, Last night, I kind of like. Um, one of the funniest things about like the the crew of people that go to these folly shows throughout the years, we don't. So I don't really see them outside of the show, except Jeff, who's engaged to one of my closest friends. So I, it's nice seeing him. But like, um, 
It's like a game in Arvin and John and Anthony. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a few years. You pick up where you left off, and we all somehow end up falling in love with the same television shows and podcasting, really? but without talking to each other about it. It's like, do you watch Louie? Oh, yeah, I love Louie. Yeah, did yeah. you see this? Or where did you watch that? Actually, I was the only one who watched Girls. But it was like all this weird <laughs> stuff. And then like a three of them like obsessed with podcasts. I was like, I love Joe Rogan. Do you listen to Mark Maron? I love Mark Maron. I was like, how do we all find these things? Right. Interesting. And, and podcasting can be such a solo experience, and I'm like, I want to make it so much more communal. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, I I go in like phases where I fall in love with an episode, and then I find that guest and just iTunes it. Oh, yeah. Totally. I just did one. I went on a little bit of a wormhole for Mitch Hurwitz. Okay. He, the, uh, the, creator of Arrested Development. Right, yeah. He was on Julie Klausner's How Was Your Week. Oh, yeah. I've listened to that before. Okay. And I don't like the beginning because it's just her. Uh-huh. But I like to hear the – I like guests. And then he was t- talking like brass tacks of like Arrested Development, working on Golden Girls, working on Arrested Development, and how – Rest of the like A came to B, and how he had started the story and with like comedy, oh, Adele something. I uh, can't remember what he says. Then, but he was just talking like shop about Arrested Development, which is one of my all-time favorite shows programs. We might say, uh huh, yeah. No, you, me too. I assume you watch, yeah, because yeah, yeah. anyone of this, L, I mean, anyone, there's like this community of people. You just assume Arrested Development is like one of those shows that oh, like yeah. it's. It's like up there. Did you like the fourth season? I uh, I liked what I watched of it. I didn't finish it. I hear that from a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it it deserves a second viewing. I think it's probably better than I remember it being. I think the best way to watch it is watch the whole season and then watch it again, and then it's funny. Yeah, because there's a joke. In the last episode, that only pays off if you watch the first episode again. Yeah, it did seem like super ambitious, and uh, it was like. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like this thing where every episode was a different character, right? And then it's all yeah. one story. You know that um, he uh, just I, – I like to follow this stuff. I, I, I read Split Slider a lot. Yeah. And um, and BuzzFeed a lot. Uh-huh. But I really like Split Slider. He signed a development deal with Netflix. So we're in this weird age where the industry of media is completely changing. Yeah, where cable great. might no longer be. And you can see all these big companies are slowly buying internet companies. And now the FCC is not your child. That stuff's not important. But Mitch Hurwitz being hired outright by Netflix. Or Netflix hired uh, Kevin, not Kevin Spacey. Who is the other guy behind? David Fincher. Or yeah. uh, Jenji Cohen. Like, those were TV people right. who were going to work in the Wild West of Netflix. Yeah, it's great. I, Netflix is in talks of turning, uh, I think, my favorite movie of all time, Wet Hot American well, Summer. Summer prequel. Into, I yeah, know. I know. It's going to be great. And, and, not, and they're really focusing on comedy. Yeah, they are. They're doing a lot of half-hour uh, Mark Maron specials on Netflix only. Yeah. I mean, it's a big enough medium where, like, I mean, I was just driving through uh, Manhattan, and there was a huge billboard for Orange is the New Black. Oh, Enough yeah. people have to have Netflix to see that. Right, yeah. And for true. what you pay for it, I think it might be going up a dollar or whatever. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's like House of Cards is incredible. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard more people talk about have you watched House it? of Cards than I hear people talk about Hannibal or like shows yeah. that are on television. You know? And I love television. I don't even have cable. Like my, we, I have Apple TV, Netflix, Hulu Plus. Uh-huh. I pay for internet now. I used to not have to. So I probably spend 70 Maybe like ninety bucks a month right. for everything, and then a friend of mine gives me HBO Go. Let's me use oh, HBO you're Go. So lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'm not gonna lie, it's amazing. That's great. But if I had full on cable, uh-huh. I would, and all that would be like one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, cable yeah. cable sucks. Uh huh. It's terrible. There's, 
everything. Yeah, I, I, I've even, I, but my whole mindset about viewing television has changed. Yeah, oh, definitely. But I still watch TV. But I'm maybe I differ in some people. Like some people only watch things on their computer. Right. I have to watch it on the TV. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I have. That's where you'll see smart TVs coming sure. way to be. Definitely. Yeah. I think the the last thing I watched live. And probably the last thing I'll ever watch live Breaking was Breaking Bad. Bad. I specifically wore a Breaking Bad T-shirt today. Yeah. Oh, you were doing um, viewing parties, so you were like, you were, you were, you were all about it. Yeah, we were throwing a viewing party at the uh, place that I work um, in Williamsburg. Uh, How did they the go last over? Season, and it was it was awesome. It was such an awesome thing to watch it with a huge crowd of people who would be, you know, they'd be dead silent, just hard watching like hard focus on the show and then during the the commercial breaks we turn on music and then people would talk and then as soon as the show came back on everyone would shush each other and uh you know and then there would you know people would freak out at the end of every episode it was great like to to turn it into such a a communal thing was what was everyone's reaction in that episode in the second half where he confronts hank and you were expecting it to happen but four episodes later and you're like what are they going to do next? Yeah. Do you remember that? You know, I, you, I don't even have to set that scene up. I know you know what I'm talking about. That, he walks in the garage after he finds out Hank is tracking him, and he calls Hank out, and Hank has that, Dean Norris does that face, hits the garage, and you could just feel the tension. Like There must have been some like, <gasps> yeah. like how could there not be? I think the cool thing about the, that show is that it got to this point where like they were giving, they were kind of just like, Vince Gilligan, I guess, was just kind of, feeding the audience what they wanted, you know, but in kind of yeah. the unpredictable way. And One thing I like, uh, I watched The Writer's Room with Jim Rash. It was added to Netflix. Okay. And I listened to Vince Gilligan. I, I was so bad. I listened to the official Breaking Bad podcast uh-huh. after the episodes would air with okay. cast and crew. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, one of the greatest things I think about that show is that Vince Gilligan is just like, gets his credit for being a genius, which he is. But some of the best moments of that whole series have nothing to do with genius. It's just everything goes wrong. Right. Uh, Tuco died because he got in, that show was very low rated. It wasn't doing well. Uh-huh. That actor got another job. Right. He went to another show. That's funny. Gus was supposed to go to season five. He got hired to uh, right. Revolution. So they killed Gus. Uh, so many little things with, or a location would fall through. Right. Like Jesse was put, like. It's just so nice to see someone at that level of brilliance can roll with the punches and improve on something. Sure, yeah. Like what we were even discussing about with your podcast or even ours, like you have your idea of what's going to be and then it just things happen for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then it just, like maybe if you guys bought the equipment like we did, you wouldn't maybe get those people to sit in your bedroom and pretend to be cultural icons. Yeah, probably not. You, just so many little things that you don't have control over. Oh, my God, they just talk about the show was supposed to be shot in California. Really? Jesse was supposed to die. The original pilot was supposed to be more like Saw okay. where Walt was going to like torture um, the f- who's the guy he kills in episode two? Yeah, I forget what the guy in the basement. Yeah, yeah. The original pilot is uh, he locks him up down there and he gives him a gun like set up where he could pull a thing and can kill him. And at the end of the episode is Walt Junior comes down after we comes down here and the guy accidentally kills Walt Junior and the network said no. Oh my god! And Vince Gilligan is like so great about talking and giving people uh, listening to what like what you're talking hard listening like listening to others and just taking their feedback. Right. Yeah. The not go ahead. I just went on a rant. Yeah. No. I think um you know shows like like that I love like The Wire like yeah um you know uh I'm just I'm looking at my DVDs right now for examples like Twin Peaks like I I love those shows but. Breaking Bad's really the only show that I think I've ever seen where it starts off really good and every season gets better. Better. 
Um, I think that it was ended just really, perfect. It was really fun to watch. I really. I what did you think show. of the ending? Because I've not heard a negative thing about it. Yeah, I liked it. I, uh, you know, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, I rethought endings completely, and I think we were all in that same boat. Of like, just don't fuck it up. Yeah, I just think there was fuck just, it up. I think there was a lot of pressure not to fuck it up, uh, and so that's why everything kind of just got wrapped up perfectly. Neatly. Yeah, Jesse gets neatly. away, and yeah, you know, I did read a really cool story of uh, the ending was going to be different. Um, I don't know exactly how different. But uh, a terminally ill fan of the show wrote to them, them and Brian Cranston because again, not only is he a great actor, he seems like I, I don't know him, but I've heard him on so many podcasts. Seems like the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, seems- him and Vince Gilligan went to go visit. Like he was like a teenager in the hospital, uh-huh. and that kid. This might be season four or five. I don't. I don't know the full story. You can find it online. And brought up those two characters that fucked Wall over early on in season one. Uh-huh. And they rewrote the entire series finale off of a fan's idea. Really? A terminally wow. ill teenager. Like, yeah, I never heard that. Because remember crazy. how cool it was? And then you saw Skinny P and uh, yeah, yeah. Badger. You know, I think that was the moment that got the biggest applause when we did the screenings. Uh, was Skinny Pete's and Badger's uh, uh, return at, mm-hmm. in the finale. I think that was like... Oddly enough, the moment that people were like the most excited about, was... and I'm rooting for Walt the whole time, even though he's a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand all the Skyler hate. Yeah, that was just misogyny. I think. I think so. Like, oh, she's a fucking bitch. She's trying to stop him. Like, at the end of the series, he killed 27 people. Well, I could be wrong, but he <laughs> yeah. killed a lot. He's a murderer. Right. She's not great. Right. He's a murderer. Yeah, I think... With murder. She was rightfully mentally unraveling, right? Right, yeah. Your husband so. <laughs> disappears for days. She has a kid with uh, special needs. Yeah. I actually... Do you ever listen to the Kevin Pollack chat show? I don't. What is that? It's um. It's, it's a podcast. Kevin Pollack. Well, it's actually really cool. It's kind of like his version of a podcast. Uh, they stream it on YouTube. It's almost more like The Tonight Show, where it's long-form interviews, and they do extensive research on their guest. And it's funny. He's a like a character actor. I was just listening with uh, Matt Jones, who played Badger. Okay. And it's very informal and conversational, but they go through their entire career. And you get to hear those people you talk about the things you want to hear about. Right. It's kind of like I'll the first time uh, Tom Hanks was on the Nerdist podcast. Oh, I have that on my phone. I still haven't listened and to it. And he just goes through everything Does he's he really? ever done. That's cool. Unintentionally. The thing about, I love about the Nerdist that always gives me feel good is that as far as they got in that episode and all the great successes come out of it, they're still, what, 500 episodes in, and they still have off ones. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's not their fault. It's yeah, like, that's And true. it makes me feel good when we record. It doesn't go away. I want it to. Right. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, these are professionals. And the Harrison Ford one. Right. Well, I think the podcast is so great because it's a different medium. Like, Harrison Ford is Harrison fucking Ford. Right. Worst podcast I've ever heard in my entire is life. It, is he just... He's a dick. Does he not say anything? Doesn't he's talk. Just... He's just not engaged. Yeah. And my favorite episode, one of my favorite ones in Nerdist, I think it was like Shay Potowski, someone I never heard of. Right. It was a transgender woman and a graphic designer or something. Just, uh-huh. Oh my God, it's so interesting. Did you listen to the Arnold Schwarzenegger episode? Yes. That was cool. That was wow. Cool. Yeah. I know. What a... Wow. <laughs> like, I forget that he's a like smart person, like a real person that could yeah. be on a podcast. It's kind of funny. And the fact that how much money he made off Twitch. I love when people are given honest about brass tacks. Yeah. He's like, that movie, we made it. We put up our own money. We got the points. And he's like, I made more money for twins than anything I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're rich. But he did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, I listened to, it's also a, a web show, I believe it's called Getting Dug with High with Doug Benson. Yes. I, and I watch he, that sometimes. He had uh, Tommy Chong on. 
Uh-huh. And they're asking him the famous, most famous person he's ever smoked weed with. And after the Beatles, he said Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Schwarzenegger when he was in his prime was a cannabis user. Yeah, because um, it's healthy. Or we're not to get into political stuff, right? But uh, big use, and he decriminalized marijuana before he left office. That's funny. I mean, besides sleeping with his nanny, I don't really care. Right. I think but, he has. I think he had. Innocent intentions. He, yeah, people liked him. Yeah, he's not the first one to screw over Kennedy. Right. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> That's true. What are you? What what TV yeah. shows are you watching right now? What oh jeez, what am I not? Uh, currently on Veep, Silicon Valley. Okay. Yeah, I uh, checked out Silicon Valley. I liked. I liked. I uh, love it. Parks and Rec. Uh huh. At midnight. Hmm. Uh, I've been watching Veronica Mars on disc. I always blank at these questions. I don't know why. Yeah. I really like the HBO stuff. What else do I watch? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, okay, yeah. Best new comedy. I watched comedy. the pilot of that. I liked it enough. It gets better. Yeah, I've yeah, I've heard good things. About it, it it has that Parks and Rec, rec vibe and right. almost like I feel like they kind of steal like to me The Simpsons is like Shakespeare of all television comedy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of like a building a, a well, uh, you know the right word, but like uh, building a universe with uh, dimensional characters. Right. So Brooklyn Nine Nine has that Parks and Rec vibe where there's like. Happily, and there's like little characters right. who actually have play a role in the universe. Right. I think the creator of Parks and Rec said that his favorite show was The Wire, right? And he said yep. he wanted to create that and the kind West Wing. Of, yeah, yeah. Mike Schur, or no, no, Dan Gore created it, but he's working with Mike Schur of Parks. Both Park, they both come from Parks and Rec, right? Yeah, and if you, it's funny if you go through that tree, it all comes back to like for me, it all the thing comes back to Conan O'Brien, Mike Judge, and Greg Daniels. Yeah, they have ties into everything I've ever loved. Yeah, that's you know, I, it's funny I, you said that in one of the first episodes of your show that Conan O'Brien is responsible for your sense of humor, and I always thought you had a certain Conan O'Brien sense oh, of humor. Oh, thank you, I love him. At uh, when we were, when we worked together, I thought love. Yeah, I, I just, that guy is like my spirit animal or something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I got to meet him once. Me too. Really? What, what? Well, I saw. I did a taping of uh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, you went to the taping, I, okay. and um, I had a Batman T-shirt on, uh, shirt, a long sleeve. What a very odd detail! It was a long sleeve shirt, uh-huh. not, not not short, because that that would be weird, <laughs> right? And um, he was just doing the warm up, and he's like, "Where are you all from?" He was maybe like three or four feet away from me, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from Connecticut." I was like, "Oh yeah, Connecticut." He's like, "You right there? Get up, stand right now, spin." Uh-huh. He started like playing puppet with me. He's like, "Oh, everyone, Batman's from Connecticut." And the next scene, fifteen minutes, he just picked me out and riffed on me the whole time. Really, died. Yeah. Was he, it mean or was it? No, it was just wonderful. It's just, it just such an honor. It's just it's Conan. Like the best Conan is when he goes out in the street. Yeah. And yeah. just fucks around. That's awesome. That's. Crazy. I went to his tour that he did. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. The when he got canceled from with my brother. Yeah. yeah. One of the funniest things I ever saw in my life. I liked was, that documentary a lot. I, I yeah. Didn't realize so so dark. Yeah, it was a different side of him, but it, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, it was strange. It was really cool. It was a couple of years since I've seen it, but I'm. Really how'd you meet him? I um, okay. This was my uh, this was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I used to go visit New York City with my friend, and we'd uh, just kind of go into the city for a day and just kind of go cause chaos. They, it was this was back when they had the um the uh the seven dollar. Fun Pass, the one day Fun Pass. Do you, do you remember that? No, some, they don't have it anymore, which is too bad because I think it really enabled us to 
be broke kids and enjoy seven the, bucks to ride all the teas. Yeah, just I mean, ride. Subways. Yeah, all the subways. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Subway I seven that. day seven dollar day pass. Wow, and they don't have that anymore. You can only buy individual passes now. Thanks to Biazio. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I don't good. know what it's. Yeah, it nothing to do with him. I just like to blame politicians for everything. It's so easy. Yeah, it's um, a go-to joke I have. But uh, we would go around the city, and I remember we went to. Uh, NBC with the intention of seeing Conan O'Brien yeah. as he was leaving because my friend read something online about oh you can see him every day on this you know between this cross street or whatever oh really leaving. and uh, so we're like okay got there standing around for maybe ten minutes and we're looking around and my friend was like do you see him and I went yes I do and then I pointed and it was like I mean it was he was like a block away but it was unmistakably Conan O'Brien so tall you know, super tall and he he was walking like Conan O'Brien you know that's kind of hunched really, over yeah kind of little New Englandy little like yeah I'm more I'm more afraid of you or that you are me right yeah and he gets into like a black SUV and we start running and we're running and some girl that was just saw us running starts running with us because she saw him or something and we run up to the SUV is like it gets parked in a, um, a red light and we run over to it and we're standing on the side of the road and I have my camera and I'm like pointing to my camera and I'm like picture like can we get a picture and he rolls the window down a little bit and we can see just his eyes just um, his eyes up and he points up at the driver and then he like shrugs his shoulders and he's like sorry and then he drives off. Yeah, it was so nice though. That I would like, never even. Wow, that's it's like a bunch of like annoying. After watching that documentary, that like he's that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, like he still has that. Um, the funniest podcast with him ever is Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo. Uh huh. But then I like I like when he was on Marin when like you see that sad side of him. Right. I didn't listen to that, but yeah, yeah. yeah I I just I love that guy and him and Greg Daniels were college roommates. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mode. Right, but but I, I but I talk about it too, but it's not. I mean, those three, but uh, like you have the Roseanne, but like I remember watching Murphy Brown and like Roseanne and mm-hmm. Ellen, the original Ellen sitcom, and like so females had a huge role in my comedy development sure, as yeah, well. Definitely, yeah. Roseanne is a great uh, oh, feminist what a great story sitcom. Um, yeah, I love I love Roseanne. It's my favorite sitcom ever. Um, yeah, so Apatow started on that. Did he really? Yeah, or not started. Yeah, I, think I saw his name in a few credits. One of uh, he he worked with her. Um, I love the Judd Apatow work, and he's a great podcast guest as well. Uh-huh. And I read when he did a guest edit of GQ, I purchased it. Oh, and I, I love that, that he um, he credits Gary Shandling for his style, which uh, one of my favorite people. I mean, I'm in love. I have like a, I have this weird thing. I love Gary Shandling so much. Larry Sanders show is one of my all time favorite. Things. Me too. It might be yeah, the best great. show ever made. Yeah, it's a super great show. It, it, and, um, Way ahead of its time. That's the first show that I. Like I think a lot of shows do that thing now where they have celebrities come on and play an awful version of themselves. Yeah, you know, like I think most recently the the episode of Louie with Jerry Seinfeld kind of playing an asshole. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I haven't, um, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. No, but like that's the first show I can really think of that did that thing. It's really know? like thirty way before Thirty Rock. Oh yeah, and I actually didn't see it until a few years ago. So oh yeah, because uh, it was well, not on DVD. It's the same thing with License, and it didn't it didn't come out really. So I didn't see. It until, I never even heard of it until it came to Netflix. Yeah, well, that's where I watched. It I too. watched Arrested Development for the hundredth time, and I was obsessed with Jeffrey Tambor. And I saw his name on there. I was like Gary Shandling. Oh, he's so ripped good in <laughs> And Gary Shandling ripped torn. Jeffrey Tambor. Gotta check this show out. And right. Done. Yeah, it was done. Great. Like three years ago. Uh, but oh, he, uh, Judd right uh, always talks about how Gary Shanlan was a mentor to him, okay. and really kind of taught him how to be like how you have to create and work your own stuff. And because Judd Apatow was a producer of 
of or a consulting producer on the Gary Shandler, uh, no, uh, the Larry Sanders show, and how Gary just took him under his wing, and then Judd turned around and did that for Lena Dunham, Seth Rogen, James Franco, like everyone responsible today for right. everything. Yeah, totally. And that story of how like he came to be for girls is Lena Dunham made Tiny Furniture by herself, uh-huh. and then. Um, Judd somehow saw it and then just wrote to her right, as a yeah. fan. Yeah. And she already had a meeting set up with HBO to, to sell girls. And then, yeah, it's wow. just, what a cool guy. Oh, but um, he credits Gary Shandling and Roseanne as mm-hmm. like two people who just like when he was a young kid brought him on and just taught him the ropes. Sure. Yeah. Like you need that big brother, little brother, big sister like vibe. And that's just, I think that stuff's really great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Roseanne was one of the ones that I grew up with. Um, Your mom made you watch it too, or no, watch I think it with it just her. Was, it was I don't know who was watching it. It was just something I caught every now and then, and then I really got into it. Um, it was nice seeing ago. a poor family for once, and like people who look like people, and they struggled. Like sure. Dan loses job, and the mother, their mother wasn't the mother they thought she was because she's homosexual. Right. Was she gay, or is that the dream stuff? I, that, don't I think that might have been that might have been Jackie ended up being gay. Yeah, she is in real life. Or, I think the actress. The actresses. Okay. I, be, I think. Yeah. But when you find out Dan is dead the whole time for the last season, I just. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. So I, this is a huge spoiler. Alert. Let's let's talk about the series finale of Roseanne. Oh, but it's, it's not a spoiler. It is, but it's also what ten years I, old. Yeah. I mean, Twenty it, years old. If you haven't watched it by now, if you don't want Roseanne it, to be spoiled, then like that's you're probably a weirdo. But you, I, you probably don't even know what Roseanne is if you don't want it to be spoiled. Yeah. The the way it ends is a very. It's very bizarre. It turns out in the end that the entire series was a novel that Roseanne was working on. Yeah. And that none of the characters exist. Well, they exist, but she shuffles up their motivations. And, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, Darlene is really Becky. Becky's really Darlene. It's kind of like a projected of what she wanted for her children. Right. Or how life was supposed to go. Yeah. And there's always like allusions to her writing in, throughout the series, but it never really shows her writing and then it turns out the entire time she's just writing the whole thing it's typewriter but it doesn't make any sense because it would be the most awful novel ever like it 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 would just be 250 something episodic (laughs) like sitcom-y stories like how would you that would not read very well like are those is each one of those episodes a chapter like it doesn't make any sense yeah it's there are some flaws with it but it's still great yeah i i mean it's, it's it's a ballsy Kind it of was like a way to, it was like that like Bob Newhart show saying elsewhere way to end where it's right. like of like so different. I think a lot of people were afraid of Breaking Bad doing that. Yeah, and Vince was so open. It was like, nope, we're not doing that. He yeah. dies. I don't know when. Don't know how, but he's gonna die. Right. And we're not gonna pull a dream sequence. We're not pulling the wool over your eyes. Right. But, or Dallas was like another one that did that. Right. Yeah. Or is the Bob Newhart show that ends in a dream of a different show of his? Oh. He had two programs. Yeah, I call them programs. Like Let's just get over it, listener. If anyone's still listening at this point, <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you know how Alf ends? Yes, because it got canceled. Yeah, so funny. I read that cracked article. Oh, this is the cracked article. That's on? how I found out about okay, it. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. also love Alf. Yeah, it's so funny. It's um yeah he gets like, <laughs> taken away by the by government. The FBI. Yeah, and then he just gets canceled. And it, I think it says to be continued or something. Yeah, and but... then the show gets canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's another hard thing with television. It's just like they can do all this, but you might even Breaking Bad was almost being canceled every season. Right. It just didn't do well until season four. Yeah, that would have been. I think even if it were, if it were canceled, it would have been picked up by some other thing. Let's hope. I don't but know. It didn't, we didn't have to. Yeah, I know. Fortunately, well, numbers are different, and that's the whole Nielsen thing. Is just like so off. It is great that that show got to like 
see see it through you know it's, yeah like we wanted that like i wanted that with community i wanted the six seasons in a movie yeah but i also do believe in something should just stay dead i'm glad that it i thought the most recent uh, season of community was its strongest season yeah i felt like we were back yeah and but I, then they're just kind of like but and i'm also like you know what let's just let it be done yeah it's done it's over like i can ignore the gas leak season i like parts of it right and i just those characters I, i'll go back and visit that it's time travel i I will go back and watch The Wire again one day. I'll go back and watch The Sopranos sometimes, and I'll just, I'll see my friends again. Like they, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm totally. Oh, it's escapism. Like, yeah, I, I live in the first world, but life can be kind of hard right. sometimes. I don't know how, how much escapism The Wire is, but uh. well, no, I yeah, that's true. It just makes me feel a lot better about myself, right? And yeah. then mad about institutions as a whole and how I'm constantly be failed and sure. Yeah. Be, well, it's a glimpse into the other America that I don't see. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the streets of Meriden, yo. Right, sure. Man, I think if we wanted to, we could do this for like six hours. I think we could, yeah. We could. I don't think I <laughs> should because I know I have to get, drive to New Jersey. Yeah, uh, where, where you have a, a what's My name? wife drove down, or Victoria, drove down last night to see her folks because it's Memorial Day. Uh-huh. So originally I was just going to come to Queens for the day and then just drive home. Right. And she's like, well, it's Memorial Day. I have Monday off. And it just turned out where she... I was like, well, I'll drive down and stay with her. her, her my in-laws live in New Jersey, okay. like northeastern New Jersey, so like right outside right. the city. That people call it the city. Yeah. And so it just worked out where I, the concert line, everything just kind of lined up. Um, so I was like, oh. And my friend Dan's like, well, you can come stay with us, but come see my band on Friday. I was like, four-day weekend? Fuck yeah. <laughs> so that's really great. That's Tonight great. we're I'm gonna go. We're going to go to uh, probably Zenberger, I believe, which is really great. And um Clifton, New Jersey, really great burger joint. Okay. And then I think, I don't know if the whole family is coming or my brother-in-law and, uh, and her and I are going to go see the X-Men movie. Right. And then tomorrow we have like dinner or breakfast, then we're going to go see her aunt and uncle. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, when it's like probably when you go home, you just have to like military schedule and see everyone oh, yeah. you could possibly yeah, yeah, can because yeah. you're never here. Exactly. Yeah. And if you feel loved because it's like, huh. <laughs> It's like, people love me. Yeah, people but, are extra excited to see you. It's it always turns into that, like, at some point, it's so cool going to see your parents. Right. But after, like, hour two, it's like you're just a guest in their house, and right. they're going to go on the computer, and you're stuck watching crappy cable by yourself. Right. Exactly. And yeah. all of your With friends no are car. busy. You're yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, ugh. I, um, yeah, man, there's so much I, I wish we could have touched well, on. What about well, the, um, I want to know the, uh, I want to know about how you, you met your wife on eHarmony. That's really interesting. Yeah. Me. Like, I didn't know that people under, like, 55 used to thank, harmony. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love a good insult. Are you kidding? Yeah. I, um, um, no, no, I, I, should, I should rephrase that. No, I didn't no. know. Tinder I mean, didn't like, exist. Yeah, there's, yeah, this is pre-OKCupid or, like, pre No, it might have been. It was free at the time. There was, like, a promo. Okay. That's how much you could tell I was looking for love. Yeah. I guess I'll try one of those free sites. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I got conned into paying. Right. I guess it was worked it, out. Is, are the algorithms better on that? website or? i didn't do any research i mean i'm sure i'm sure like i'm sure plenty of younger people use eHarmony. it is like, now the new thing i think they market it toward to it's, older people i think that's why I yeah that. it was it was just it was just free yeah there was no rhyme or reason of why specifically eHarmony. uh-huh i i had no idea of like what any of it was uh-huh. it was just like i was living at home working at starbucks and a couple other jobs at the same time Nothing was happening uh-huh. in that terms of dating. Sure. So I was like, ah, whatever. I was like, uh, someone convinced me to do it. You know, it's funny though. I lied about how I met her for the first like months. I was like almost embarrassed about meeting someone in harmony. Uh-huh. And then more and more people were like, oh yeah, it's how someone met their husband or their wife, and like it just became very normal. Right. So sure. now I just don't even care. Yeah. As the relationship progressed positively, I was much more open about uh-huh. it. Okay. Yeah, I went on one other date. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just 
Whatever. Just waste of a afternoon in Ch- I went to Ch- Cheshire and met with some lady. Right. I have no idea of her name anymore. Wow, yeah. But you know what's, what's really cool And then cool the, other per- the other person you went to, uh, to meet with became your wife. That's crazy. Yeah, second person. What was cool about it? I, just, I interrupted you. What's cool about it is I'm, I'm pretty awkward, and uh-huh. I never can tell that line of this is a friend or a date. Right. And the harmony takes that right out of it. It's like oh, two yeah. people. It's definitely a date. Uh, we are on a date. <laughs> right. And we both know like very specific things have been taken out. Like, do you want kids? What's your religious? Like those right. little things that all have to line up when you meet somebody. Sure. It was just all that was just taken out of the way for you. Right. Interesting. And then she was a fool and decided to see me. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Victoria. You fucked up. That's awesome. Man. And then it worked great. out. And I, I was kind of always planning on living alone forever, like being single forever. Uh-huh. That was always my mindset. So if you can, I think everyone should think like that. And if you find someone that can change your mind, you should go for it. Yeah. That's, I mean, how do you, did you ever like imagine yourself being like a husband? No. I mean, well, that's... once I met her, yeah, but no. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, we're kind of fun. People kind of get a little annoyed. They're like, how's married life? I'm like, exactly the same as before. She's yeah. like, what? No, I'm like, we already lived together. Right. Whatever. We that's already fun. had shared a bank account. Everything was just like, uh, you know. When you have a kid, I think that's when the real changes come. Right. People treat you a little differently. Like, I was in, when I was in Connecticut uh, a couple days ago, my brother, my younger, younger brother has a, has a kid, and wow. his... His girlfriend was talking about buying a minivan, and I mean, the kid is only uh, six months old, and you know, like a year and a half ago, they didn't even plan on having a child. And yeah. it's interesting that now they're talking about buying a minivan. And I was like, "Did you ever imagine yourself being like a minivan driving mother?" She was like, "No, you know." But like, yeah. that's just how life works. You just kind of yeah, you get tossed into these uh, these situations. situations. And, uh, you yeah, it's like flow and... either we get married or I'm single. It's like, mm, no, no, it, it was very mutual. We both wanted to do it and take the next step. And yeah. The party is fucking great. Yeah. And we're not religious. So our wedding, I have to say, it was fucking awesome. And and I'm, it's not just because it was me being there. Um, we hired a friend of hers. Someone she used to work with is like a GOP for, um, for hire sometimes. Okay. And he made a very personalized ceremony. Nice. I, I openly wept. Everyone, and everyone in the crowd wept. It was outside on a lake. Sure. It was beautiful. And then amazing food. Uh-huh. Danced our fucking asses off. Did those stupid cheesy songs that you want to hear at a wedding. Yeah. And then we had a bonfire on site and oh, places yeah. to stay on site. We were out there till 4 o'clock in the morning. That's amazing. Engaging in debauchery with friends and family until four, until all hours of the night. Yeah. And it was like, and very... Uh, Specific, it was like people drove there, parked their car, and they were there for the day. Uh huh. So like, I got to have the best party and amazing photos. Like, that's great. Yeah, it was. It was fucking. It was the best. So where, where, it was on a lake. What, was it was. It, like it was a... uh, Whispering Pines, and uh, it's part of URI campus in West Greenwich, Rhode Island. Okay. Deep, 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 deep in the woods. Like uh-huh. it was. Uh, you get off the exit, you turn left eventually, and it was ten minutes from the road to get all the way into the woods to where we are. Right. Like, it was just. It was so fun. Right. It was like the most fun I've ever had. And then it's weird because you get to see all these parts of your life together. Like I have friends in high school and I'm 29. That was 12 years ago. Let's take that number out because I'm not good at math. Uh-huh. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I always screw up right. how long. And then I have a cousin. I've had cousins I know my whole life and I'm have friends from different parts of my life. And that night they were all together and we all hung out. Uh, and like, so I was like my friend. Uh, Amanda and her fiance Jeff were with my friends Jay and Don from high school with my cousin Madeline and my cousin Andy and Sarah 
who live in Oregon, who I see once every couple of years. Like we were all together just hanging out. Uh huh. It was awesome. It was just the best. So fun. Yeah. yeah. And the good thing is I like my wife. Yeah. That's... Wait, no, I don't like her. <laughs> I love her. Oh, wow. A nice little callback there. Yeah. Callback. Yeah. I, and to I, answer I your question, it. that is based on that. Article. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I, I but it, I think it's well. also just kind of based on a few. There were a few articles that came out around the same time yeah. that were the same like Christian dating advice kind oh, of God. thing. And uh... fuck Christians. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or not? I don't care. We didn't get to. Oh, please, 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 please come back to our show. Yes. Um, I find game. myself in this region more often because my in-laws live around here. Uh-huh. I'm going to contact you again. I want to. I want to come to Providence and do it proper with uh, with Mike. Anytime. You are more than welcome. And if you have any like improviser friends or anyone who's ever traveled up the area and is trying to get their name out, just whore this out. Yeah, Please no, whore absolutely. us out. We're still eventually going to outroll a promotion thing where it's just like, we're not going to, we can't get sponsors, but we'll do a sponsorship if someone wants to sponsor their, their work, Twitter account, Instagram, nice. ebook, anything. As long as they like give us a blast somewhere, we'll blast them on the show. Yeah. I want to, um, I want you guys, if maybe you and Mike can record some sort of like uh, minute long ad for your show or something. I'd, I'd love to put it on our show. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. If you ever, I, I would love to do cultural icons. I, selfishly, I, <laughs> I, I could do a, a mean Ira Glass or anyone you oh, need. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you guys, that would be so fun. Nice. Yeah. You guys, anyone you want. Um, but we do have two questions we wrap with. Okay. Tr- I, you already know what they are. D- uh, okay. Wait. I'll, I'll know what they are when you. Well, say I'll that. ask them. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. won't just be like, answer the questions, not the questions. Uh, so, good places to eat around here. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, Providence. We are very proud of being the number one food city in the country. Right. And we love plugging delicious restaurants. Is that an actual? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travel Leisure Magazine rated okay. that along with multiple other places. Okay. Huge culinary scene. People about I didn't know this, but my wife and her family are like foodies. Like how we talk about comedy, they talk about restaurants and foods. Right. Okay. And like they'd be like, "Oh, this re- this owner and his wife got divorced and opened this restaurant," and like they know like the backstory. Oh, and Foods and history. It's really great. Yeah. So like uh, Astoria and New York City, where, where what's like the what are the secret hotspots besides um, uh, original famous Ray's Pizza? <laughs> right. Yeah. Famous <laughs> Ray's. Right. Famous original Ray's. Um, yeah. I uh, as far as Astoria, my favorite restaurant in Astoria is probably this place called Queen's Comfort. Um, they do uh, like comfort food, fancy comfort food for for uh, like foodies. They have a. Uh, it's just it's great. I ate there yesterday. I love eating there. I'm always happy when I go there. They have uh, my favorite vegetarian sandwich of all time. It's called the Ooh. Boomer. So well, it's uh, called uh, it's called the Boomer. It's a mushroom and uh, a Swiss burger, mm. um, and they have uh, just amazing, just uh, just disgusting food. That oh. and, and the best part of it is it's BYOB. Oh, I love those places. Yeah, and they have like a, a, a film projection in the back, and they're usually projecting like Jim Jarmusch movies. I think it's a Jim Jarmusch themed <laughs> restaurant. Are you just noticing that now? I am. Like some of their like one of their sandwiches is called the Down by Law. Which is a Jim huh. Jarmusch movie, so That's... I don't know. There must be some sort of Jim Jarmusch fan there. But what if he owns it? Is he dead? I don't I, know who that is. I think he's. I think he's alive. Yeah. Oh um, good. It's uh, yeah. That's my favorite place in Astoria. Um, yeah, that's that's what comes to mind. Do you go to Manhattan ever? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. That's right. Are you one of those New Yorkers? Stuff. I do. I work in Brooklyn. I live in Queens, and I do comedy stuff in Manhattan. I get the the Triborough. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So no one ever goes to Staten Island. I don't go to Staten Island or the Bronx. I don't. I I would the like Bronx. To, yeah, I'd love to check it out. I'm sure there's some stuff. Riverdale's wonderful. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but then I've been to Staten Island like once. So you know. yeah, never been. Never you know. Been. Yeah. You know. But it's great. Yeah. Um. So is there another question? What's the other question? Oh yeah. So we ask everyone this. 
So we ask everyone uh, this last question. Me and Mike kind of gone back about this question, and sometimes he's like, we should do a different one, and then sometimes I think we should do a different one. And it's kind of like how we got our name. We just can't think of anything else, so we've been sticking with it. Right. But we've gotten some really good feedback about it, so we're going to keep it going. So um, I'll give you the origin of it, and if anyone's listening, to still listening. Uh, I listened to the Girl and Guy podcast with Aisha Tyler. Uh-huh. Have you ever listened to it? No, I it's haven't. It's really great. She has some great guests. Okay. And guests that you might not see anywhere else, like she had Ryan Styles on. Oh, he's really? a very private man. Uh-huh. Really interesting. But she had Richard Roper on. Okay. Of Eburn Roper. Right. And I forgot who he was talking about. I should really figure it out because I bring it up all the time. And he was talking about some famous old film critic. And he said if he had one, if, some, you know, genie, that bullshit. But if he had one wish... He would like to relive that experience of watching his favorite movie for the first time. Oh, right, yeah. Like, so you yeah. know that feeling you get when you see a movie for the first time? Yes. Not the movie you've seen a bazillion times, but the first time you see the experience. And don't worry, because Mike and I, every, we ask this question, like, maybe now, like, up to, I think we're, technically, you remember the, you might be the 17th episode recorded. I don't know. The order will go up. Uh-huh. And we change our answer every time. Right. So don't worry if, about it. And yeah. answers have ranged all over the place. Ah, you know, I think most of my favorite movies, I like them uh, because of the the repeat viewing. Yeah, yeah, and that and that that plays into it. I don't think, but you know, that first time you had that experience before it turned into it. Right. Yeah. There's there have been some movies where the first time I saw it, it just knocked me out. Like I'll never forget the time I saw Clerks Two for the first time. Clerks Two. Oddly enough, yeah. Really love okay. Kevin Smith. I'm, I've answered other. Well, the first time I answered, I was like Naked Gun, Starsky and Hutch. Yesterday, I was like Inception. Right. But, and when it comes uh, seeing the Clerks Two, I was just working in Vermont uh, for a summer, and we all just went to the movies and never saw Clerks One. Love chasing Amy. Love Mallrats. Love Kevin Smith. Love and even with Kevin Smith, I love the Smodcast stuff and some pigeons just landed there. God, could that just that's <laughs> that's so beautiful. That's so New York. Super New York. Oh, that's so cool. Fucking rats with wings. I'm just thinking of Pinky and the Brain right now. <laughs> Would they do the Goodfellas? Right. Oh, that was Animaniacs, my sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And seeing Clerks 2, and okay. it was so funny, so inappropriately disgusting with the horse sex. Right. Uh, the, the, the donkey show, I meant to say. And then really sweet and wonderful. Like It just had every emotion. Just I don't know, that experience, I love the people I was with. I just And I've gone on to watch the movie 100,000 times. It's just... Go in that movie, not know what I'm going to see, and just jumping for the ride and just being like, I'm here, man. I, I yeah. get it. You know, something that comes to mind, I think, is like uh, when I saw Blue Velvet for the first time. Have you ever seen that? No, but I've heard of it. It was one of those things where I wasn't really sure what I was getting into going into it. And uh, I think that was cool because it's it, it's just naturally one of those movies that starts off really normal and it spirals into craziness and uh really dark and scary and weird and funny and uh and then the other thing that comes to mind is maybe like boogie nights oh good choice um is i think that was just like the first time i saw that i was like maybe like 17 or something and it just kind of yeah, in my mind, and it was just like so much fun watching it. i didn't want it to end it's like three hours long and yeah it just like Wanted it to keep going, um, but yeah, like I said, most most movies that I really really like, like my favorite films, are like I I don't like them until the second time I see them. I yeah, think. yeah, I I hated Anchorman the first time I saw it, and then I fell in love after I saw it like the second time for some reason. Sure, yeah, I don't know, I've had that before. You like get used to the rhythms and like the nuance of the movies, and then like that's yeah, what you like about it. I love getting on for the ride. I think my favorite movie is one of them, anyways, Rushmore. 
And I think that yeah. is like... These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah. to uh, that part of uh, Park Slope where they filmed it. I oh, had a really? friend who lived, who lived over there. Yeah. And so saw all the spots where they filmed it and then went back and saw the movie. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Just because I was there anyway. Park yeah. Slope's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you again. And we've been trying to do this. This is... Uh, I think I think I might have unabashedly reached out to you a while back, and yeah, then you were very kind enough to respond say, very positively, saying. And then one time again, you're like, "Oh yeah, I'd still love to come on." And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna be there in June. Uh, you're free." And you, and even today, I I feel so bad because I was just not in charge of my schedule because I was at someone's house and trying. I didn't want to be a rude guest, but I was like, "Guys, I need to go." Yeah, and yeah. You were just so. Thank you for everything. Yeah, thank absolutely. you for coming on. Yeah, of course. I'm glad. Thank you for having me. And, of course. Uh, I'll, I'm going to come to Providence next, and we're going to do it uh, Do it upright. Oh, anytime. And 